So we're talking about dragon followers today, and I want to know, if you were a dragon, what type of follower would you want to be following you? Oh, I thought Brad was going to say, what kind of dragon are you going to be? And no, we've well, covered we, we this. Covered, that was, that was covered but what kind no, of who would your followers be? Are you going with a cult? Are you going with Yeah, cobalt? I want a cult. I want like a gothy cult. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be one of those big charismatic... I'm thinking like, I'm going to be a copper dragon sex cult. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Right. Yeah. Like okay. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have like sixty husbands and wives. We're just gonna. This is just gonna be the the roving orgy, the caravan coming down the road. Now we're <laughs> hiring like a local cleaning company to come in twice a week. No, to no, no. no. That's why we're traveling down the road, right? We just, just leave the wagons every once in a while because we we just gotta move on to another one. So it's better to just, just leave the wagons. Like yeah. Dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> Someone's gonna come along, pick it up, and be like, "Holy!" Imagine the dragon spawn that are coming out of this orgy what are like what kind of spawn are you leaving behind as you go there is there is a, there is a creature pools. there's a creature in fizz bands we're going to cover the future but it's called dragon flesh and that's all i can think of right oh, i love it yeah i want like a gothy kind of cult maybe something kind of fiendish as well because i want like cambians and tieflings and stuff in there no like man free love come on over here I don't like the How many sets of genitals do you have, Centaur? <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. And where are they located? <laughs> yeah. Um, which one's the man-sized one and which one's the horse-sized one? We, I, we just got a plasmoid, man. <laughs> I'll say this. <laughs> Brad, what's yours? Uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, like a court. Like courtiers, knights, things like that. Okay. Classic. More classic, right? Because okay. I'm going to lean into the human element of being the dragon, right? Okay. Trying to infiltrate the so you're thinking like societal silver dragon, bronze dragon. Yeah, something like silver, probably. I'm coming around to silvers more. Silver, especially with the silver don't tongue. Don't Dan. He won that conversation back in the day. We can't let him know. Yeah, mm. it's okay. I don't think he listens anymore. He should be fine. <laughs> Dan didn't listen in the first no. place. Clearly, he edited with both ears closed. <laughs> Come at me, Dan. Just go back and pick which episodes. <laughs> You'll know which ones Dan edited. Welcome to the It's a Mimic Podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another It's a Mimic episode, where we continue our conversation on dragons in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I'm Adam, and with me today are Brad and Terry, and this episode is called Dragon Followers, in the shadow of dragon queens and kings, and that is a 5th ed joke. Oh wow, you know what, I missed it on the read. Yep, that is a fifth edge. Well that done. That is a dragon lance. Well Anyways, done. There you go. All right. Well, in this episode of the It's a Minute podcast, this panel of Dungeon Masters is going to fall in line behind the titular monsters of this beloved game and give them the praise they finally deserve. But before we get started, I wanted to ask, if you had to blindly follow any kind of dragon, which one would you choose? All right. I got to say this. We've, we've asked this like three times before on the podcast. Terry, you can't pick a chromatic dragon. To follow, though, not to be. Right? So right, yeah, yeah. But the last time we asked, you wanted to follow a green dragon. You said you're gonna be middle management. Just right. just enough to get the perks and the bonuses, but not yeah, yeah. enough to, to get like on their radar. Yeah, I'm so. like the fifth row in the Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. right, but like but like you can't pick a chromatic because you always pick green, black, or red. Oh, okay. are we gonna make them go you're gonna make them go metallic? Um or, or gem. Well, or... there's there's death dragons, lunar oh, dragons, deep dragons, moonstone dragons. Well not a deep dragon. There, no. let's roll initiative on this. Alright, let's do it. That would be the worst graveyard shift ever for a deep dragon. You're just sat in a... That didn't... 
close enough. Adam's going first with a 19. I've got a 17. Terry with an 8. 8. Um, uh, for me, if I'm going to follow any dragon, it is probably going to be, I don't know, one of the ones that, that want the least out of people. They all have pretty high mm. fucking standards, right? Like, like a Moonstone Dragon seems to not need too much out of people. Right. Yeah. Right? So... They just kind of hang out. They don't... Right? The, the Brass Dragons, they want to hang out and be social, but they're not they're not doing too much besides that. Maybe a Fairy Dragon, just because The Brass I'm Dragon would the... be like when your boss keeps showing up, but also wants to be your friend. Oh, uh, yeah. But then yeah. When you We're start... a family here. Fuck. Yeah, but uh, then you'll just... It's like, well, you can't really relax because you'll say something where everybody will laugh and they'll be like, haha, well, we maybe shouldn't be doing that at work, though. And it's like, this is what I'm oh, trying to Oh, yeah, you don't want that bit. That's no fun. You know what I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick the blue dragon. I because Interesting. Like, they're good. They're big, they're powerful, they're great at everything that they do, but they don't come with the ego and the fury of a red dragon. So it'd be like working for one of these, like, giant, these tech giants. Right. One yeah. of, like, your Elon Musk, who's... Who's like unpredictable? He's a red dragon, right? He's unpredictable. He will just fire half of Twitter one day, right? Right. You don't have to worry about the blue dragon or seventy five percent of Twitter. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you don't have to you don't have to worry about that with with the with the blue dragon. The blue dragon is going to be actually good at the shit that they do and not just spewing. All right, it sounds like I'm ripping on Elon Musk now, but I'm ripping on red dragons really. Is right. What yeah. Doing so, um, but uh, but no, I think blue dragons because you're gonna win most of your battles and you. Are never gonna start a fight that you don't think you can win, right? Right. You're never gonna get egged on to do anything, and you don't have to worry about all of that. Well, the black dragon just bit my head off because he was bored. The white dragons make me walk through the through the tundra. Yeah. Right? So something like that. You know, not as isolated as the a lot of the other ancillary dragons are too. So. Right. I think for ease of life, I might go with something like a bronze dragon. Because I feel like the rules and expectations would be very clear. It's like, this is how I do things. This is like, they'll probably be quite regimental. Yeah, but you were a soldier. I don't think I could handle being a soldier. But, mm. uh, well, I just yeah. mean, for, uh, that's that's true. But I, th- but I think it would help me because I know what's expected. When am I doing well? When am I doing wrong? Make everything clear to me. Uh, as opposed to some of the other kinds of dragons. You just don't know. It might not be clear and they'll just turn on you any second. Yeah, you know, and it's like I, I or like the standards, standards are so fucking high, like silver and gold. Right, yeah. exactly. Like I'm just yeah, you just always be letting them down. Yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, for me it's the sapphire, and for a similar reason, like sapphires know what they're doing. They've got a plan. They're prepared. They know what they want out of life, and I know that I'm not gonna have to sit there wondering. Well, I wonder what they want today. Like, are they? They're not gonna be flaky. I don't have to worry about them suddenly getting pissed off at me because they changed their mind today on what color is their favorite. Yeah. Right? So, I think that's why I want this. I, I would follow the Sapphire. At least I'd know what I'm doing. I could wake up in the morning with a plan for the day. Yeah, I, of all of the gem dragons, Emerald and Sapphire stood out to me as being the most reasonable, I guess, in my head. Yeah. Also, I guess with some of the gem dragons, you get to be like an archivist as well. Yeah. And that, that suits me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a good Go through answer. the books. Yeah. I'll, oh, I'll, just I'll, get a nice office. Somewhere in like... I'll, yeah, I'll manage like, your horde, right? Right. Like, well, you're... Because you've got all of these different layers with all these different hordes all over. You give me the second biggest one because I don't want the spotlight. Right. Yeah. And I'll just make sure that everything's... Everything's accounted kind of for. Maybe yeah. you could work remotely from like Candlekeep or something. Like they'll just give you a nice office. Yeah. You know, satellite Sit office. Sit there. See view. Grab a book. Yeah. See mm-hmm. view. Access the entire library. Yeah. And you've just got your so weekly scheduled... Uh, message Zoom meetings meeting. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Mass message. 
Mass message. That's it. Yeah. This meeting could have been a mass message. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> mass sending. Don't reply all, damn it. <laughs> oh, did you hear about that with JP Morgan? No, what no. was this? So I'll tell it that in 30 seconds. So somebody sent out an email that's supposed to be about a weekend potluck or something and accidentally sent it to the entirety of JP Morgan. So Holy the entirety shit. of JP Morgan was now like, reply all. No, we don't work together. I'm not going to be there. Please remove me from the list. <laughs> oh, and it started to crash the service. So then management got involved. Stop replying to this. It's crashing the JP Morgan servers. And then somebody built like a bot or something, a plugin, which was supposed to stop it all. But what it did was just automatically replied all and then replied all to everybody else's reply oh, all. No. Shut JP it Morgan down. It cascaded the whole day. That's just fantastic. Shut the, shut the whole bank down. That fuck. Uh, you know what? I, I have... Okay, so Terry, you're not on the Patreon Discord, but I had a good rant the other day about AI um, and how it's going to kill us all and there is no hope for humanity because of AI. Mm-hmm. But it will be because of shit like that. Yeah. It will be because we... It, it's not that it's going to be like malicious or malevolent it is just going to we're going to miss that one line of code oh. where someone forgot to type in not in the do not fire the nukes yeah right and it's going to be shit like that it will be exactly that yeah, yeah. Uh, before i go into a rant let's get to an ad break <laughs> we've previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on dragons in fifth edition for all those episodes and more you can follow or subscribe on spotify apple podcasts youtube and dozens of other podcast apps If you'd like to support us, you can donate through the website, check out our store, or join our Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you'd like to pay for some ad space on It's a Mimic, or just send a shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. This week on the It's a Mimic Patreon, I sit down with two of my players to continue the conversation on my homebrew pantheon and the creation myth. And we go from the progenitor gods to when they start to create other gods. So, the children of gods. And the themes that we can wrap around them and this discussion. Also on Wednesday, for Bronze Tier and above, I sit down to go over a handful of other online materials that people might have missed because they're not the officially announced Wizards publications. Okay, so we're talking about dragon followers and there are a fuck ton of them. I think I managed to count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 of them. Not including one of them as a template so you can just slap it onto literally anything. Right? So there are a ton to go over today. But we actually have someone that's running a Tyranny of Dragons campaign right now, and that's Terry. So, um, Terry, tell us about the Cult of the Dragon Queen, as you've experienced it, what you've changed, what it's about, and all that shit. Learn us a lesson, Yeah, I will. And uh, and I'm really enjoying the Cult of the Dragon as well. So I'll take you guys through like the lore as it would be presented to you regularly as you read from different sources, and then I'll let you know what I've adjusted or zoomed in on much more uh, in my campaign. Sure. So the Cult of the Dragon, also called the Dragon Cult, and sometimes the Followers of the Scaly. I don't use that one. Um, the Followers of the Scaly? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> some people will just call them... <laughs> the people following the people with eczema just sweeping us. <laughs> like, some people will also use the term Wearers of Purple. That that typically refers to the higher leadership of the Cult of the Dragon, but it's also another term that people associate with the Cult of the Dragon. Uh, so the Cult of the Dragon is a semi-religious, evil organization venerating undead dragons or dracoliches uh, originally. Originally, that's what they wanted to do, was to populate the world with dracoliches, as they felt that was the best way to get eternal life 
and yeah, dragons. Nothing could go wrong there. No, you're good. Right. So founded by a wizard called Samaster, who's a powerful wizard and a former chosen of Mistra. I think it's Samaster. 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 His younger brother's a slave. Maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, their belief was that Dracoliches were destined to one day rule all of Faerun, all of Tarl. Um, and so that's what that's why that was their original kind of plan was to populate the world of jackaliches. They were considered to be a secret society, albeit overly large and powerful one, and as a mercantile and criminal enterprise. According to the prophecy of Samaster and his translation of Maglas's Chronicle of Years to Come, dragons would and indeed should really rule over Faerun and all of Toro. Moreover, only in on death were dragons truly immortal and worthy of this rule, and so that's why they, they chose to do it with Dracoliches originally, but that did change. Eventually, the leadership went through, you know, different different people taking over, different kind of wars and things, but I won't go too deeply in that history because most of the 5th edition law that we look at now is, is uh, what is like the present day for where the adventures are running now, which I think is like 1481 DR yeah, or something. Yeah, about then. Yeah. Right, that's, it's around about then. So at, at this point, um, a gentleman named Severin Silrajin, also known as the Red Worm Speaker, is leading the cult of the dragon. And... Uh, Severin did his own translation of, of Maglas's Chronicle of Years to Come. He did this in 1480 DR, I believe. Oh, that's when he took over. And he uh, did not, no longer agreed with the Dracoliches um, populating, populating Faerun. Instead, after speaking with Tiamat, she had uh, hinted at the location of five dragon masks. Red, blue, green, white. What was the last Black. One? Black. Uh, my favorite one I missed out. And he was known as the Red Worm because he would take control of the Red Mask and then he would find leaders for the other masks. And then when combined, they would make the Mask of the Dragon Queen and uh, then they would be able to bring Tiamat back from Avernus into the Prime Material Plane where she would then be able to rule from there as opposed to populating it with Dracoliches. Wasn't so, that the entire plot of Power Rangers? I was going to say, that sounds a little Power Rangery, where you put on your... Your special color, yeah. Your mask special and, color mask, and yeah. But but powers I, activate. I gotta ask. So these masks are items that you can pick up during the campaign. Yeah. So they're there's they're darted around at different places. I changed because I was incorporating character backstories and stuff. Changed like some of the NPCs that had them. I'd use you know people from backstories and stuff. Sure. Uh, but. Can your players put the masks on? Like does they that... can. You can collect them as items, Jesus. and then you can blend them together. Once you have two or more of them, they have certain abilities, like the black one. You can breathe underwater, and you have better things with black. That's pretty stuff. fun. That is cool. Yeah, it's good, and it's an easy thing to keep them on topic as well, because you'll hit yeah. at the location of them, and then they'll want to go straight there. Of course, to fucking up. I did else. that with the pieces of the uh, Rod of Seven parts. Yeah, right? so. I did. I, that's an, exactly what I've done uh, with the mask I took from that. So in general, the cult of the dragon is compromised of mages, merchants, and warriors motivated by evil natures and their own self-interest. Many originally came for the money and the power that might follow, while others were simply short on morals or they just enjoyed the idea of dark rituals as cultists do. Though eventually, people started to join the cult because... It was a, oh, sorry, I, I love that. I, I gotta stop. I love the idea of the. I don't care what you're doing. I just love how you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here. You guys, rituals. I'm here for the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something, something I mean, dragons. Sure, blood sacrifice. I'm just uh, here for the uh, blood. Sacrifice. I heard blood orgy. Yeah. Like I'm here for it. <laughs> I don't care what it's for. Just let me in. <laughs> just in for the dark rituals. Right. That's it. Fuck. So though they might be seen as criminals and, and madmen, they saw themselves as, as heroic and dedicated souls who braved great dangers to serve their faith and destiny. Like all, 
like all groups like this, they think that they're doing the right thing. So this is how I kind of play the cult. I believe, I play the cult as that they fully believe that they are right. And it's their circumstances and experiences in life that have led them to join the cult. So there'll be, um, you know, I almost kind of do it as like an underground organization as well, that you'll come across NPCs that maybe you kind of thought were the good guys, like the shopkeep, and they might have a tattoo or something that gives them away. But for them, there's always a story like, well, the cult treats me better because these guys taxed me like crazy and took over my business and all those kinds of things. And so the way I play the cult is with my party, I always have the cult treating them better. Whenever they like infiltrate right. or they get the gear, they've got the nice uniforms, they get the nice dinners and stuff. And then when they're fighting, like Tyranny of Dragons kind of breaks down to like a little bit of a war. When they're with the, what's supposed to be their good side, it's always shit. They're always right. sleeping outside. It's muddy. It's raining. They get no food. Like I, I kind of treat it like that so that they can look a little bit deeper into why people stay with the cult. Yeah, you want to side with the Lannisters, clearly. That is, there's perks for being a bad guy. Yeah, yeah that's it. So in the late 14th century, um, almost all members were human. They would have assorted members of, of different kinds of dra dragon kin as well, so half-dragons and then other draconic creatures, even dragonborn. Their martial ideals seemed a good fit for the cult's doctrine, and the cult also included sentient undead members as well, such as liches and death knights, and commanded, commanded many undead minions, because traditionally, of course, it was Dracoliches uh, that they were using. So recruitment for the cult... I'm sorry, i got to stop you. Liches and death knights are minions? Yes. Fuck yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> Tiamat yeah. is not screwing about, eh? No, 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 not at all. And uh, Tiamat even, like, has a... She likes her consorts to be great worms as well and ancient dragons. So yeah. in my campaign, I will usually play like there's three ancients on the sword coast the way I'm doing it. And they're like the big, I, I have them as like regional managers. I call them like <laughs> dragon overlords. Yeah. So they'll rule like a bigger territory and then the cult will operate within that territory. And they're consorts? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So who's the assistant to the regional manager? Who's the Dwight of the dragon? Assistant to the manager. Yeah. <laughs> Assistant manager. Sorry, Assistant I, I, I'm getting. I'm trying to. Jesus, consort to Tiamat. That is a. That is a weekend getaway, a work trip that you probably don't want. Yeah. No. No way, and especially because Tiamat is known to for, to never forgive a single slight. So that yeah. means in your entire career, you cannot fuck up not even once, not even a little bit. Yeah. You yeah. can be 20 years in. If you're late to a meeting, your whole family's dead. Okay, so do you think it's a consort that gave her the name, the Mother of Dragons, or somebody misunderstood because, like, she makes them call her mommy. Like, that's the thing, <laughs> right? The, the, like, for these the, these getaways. You think the ancient dragons have this kink? Yeah. A mommy kink? You think she makes them wear, like, traditional garb as well that was fashionable, like, 2,000 years ago? Yeah, right. It's like, big, like, hats and stuff <laughs> and, like, stockings and things. Powdered wigs. On a dragon, yeah. In Dan, in the can campaign I'm playing with is Dan right now. Um, one of our players is playing Gold Dragonborn, and it is now canonical that during their big moots that these dragonborns have of all the leaders... They all wear powdered wigs. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to start doing that. I, I have been in Dan campaigns, and that's. Sounds... Oh, this wasn't Dan. This was the Dragonborn player came up with this no, concept. No, I know. Yeah, that, that sounds like something that would frustrate the shit out of Oh, it does. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Keep up the good work. That's why we do it. It's <laughs> the only reason we get together. Yeah. So in recruiting, see, I originally went into it that they would just have a load of crazy uh, cultists that are covered in tattoos and they're just like the Batman henchmen. Like they sure. just show up and they probably get from jail or something. But they're actually they're actually not that into that. So while they're open to, they are open to anyone who seems proficient joining. They tend to have a preference for people with financial skills, 
or backgrounds with uh, with magical talent um, and those types of things, where they're going to be much more of a strategic use to them. We uh, need champs, yeah. not chumps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've got the combat covered. They really need people to take care of the day-to-day. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And so their hierarchy, so despite differences, each cell of the Cult of the Dragon has the same, like, general type of hierarchy. So the structure of the Cult of the Dragon cell compared, comprised of two distinct tiers of members. So there was the higher echelon, which are known as the Keepers of the Secret Horde, which really, that name is not doing it. it they're not yeah. doing themselves any favors no. there, right? <laughs> what do you do? I'm a Keeper, keeper of the, the Secret, Secret Horde. Horde. Okay, so, so I mean... There's clearly a secret horde, you know, first for the fight club, right? Yeah but, yeah, but they're not the secret keeper of the secret horde. <laughs> they just keep the, the secret, secret horde. That's right. So the keepers of the secret horde are the, the upper echelon and then the more common followers of the scaly way. And each cell um, is, is led by what's called a wearer of purple. Uh, the worm speakers are the highest ranking of these, so you have the, I know, I know. <laughs> the wearer of purple. Like, I'm, the, the, you showed up on day one for the job interview. Yeah. And they're like, oh. Oh, you're oh, wearing you the blend of red and blue? We have a position for you. Just for you. <laughs> but that's the outfit I'd say would just be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the uppermost position. Our queen tragically loves it. So I must wear it. Like the beef eaters in England. Yeah. It's like they hate it. And that's former like regimental sergeant mages right. and stuff. It, They're like hardcore. Yeah. Okay, so wearer purple would they would lead the cells, and the worm speakers were the highest ranking of those. Were, so Severin um, Selrajin was the he's the red worm speaker, so he represents the red dragons, and they have the green, the black, the white, the blue. Large cells would have multiple wearers of purple, and then there are multiple ranks um, going deeper into the cult as well. I think we're going to touch on those later, so I, mean, I yeah. won't mention them just yet. But for the keepers of the secret horde, they were the senior members and the true believers within the cult. So the group is is uh, composed of mages, uh, most commonly necromancers. They'll have a handful of priests, and then the, uh, the most ruthless and vicious of the cult's warriors and criminals would would climb through these ranks. So the keepers of the secret horde are essentially like the SS, is how I've kind of been playing them. Uh, you know, that's yeah, fair. That tracks. Yeah. Right. Uh, so these members would control the, f- the finances, access to the cells, copy of the Tome of the Dragon, um, and, and all of the, the, the magical, and all essentially all of the important stuff. Whereas the followers of the Scaly Way, also called Dragon Cultists, they're more recent recruits, and so they may have a garb which uh, is affiliated with a particular dragon, but most of them will be wearing the grey robes um, that come with newer cult members, the prospects or the initiates. Yeah, they're not special enough to dress like a clown yet. Right, and they're not even the lowest because this is before that, when you get to wear your own clothes, uh, even before that, the very bottom of the hierarchy were, were outside agents, and these are—they're not necessarily willingly going along with this. They may, you know, they've got some sort of leverage over them or something. Um, so maybe they're kind of like familiars in a way. They're like contacts out in the world. Contacts, yeah, and they're okay. working things. I like to slip those in. I like to do a lot of uh, good things with the agents. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and so that's about it for what I have in the Cult of the Dragon. I can probably zoom in on anything else, Adam, if you think we should focus on, on something else. Well, uh, okay, we have so much to cover. There's so many of these guys, and I'm going to jump into them shortly. But i got to ask, what's your favorite part of running the Cult of the Dragon? The agents. Yeah? Yeah, working with the agents. Because it's so, like because when you, when you see the only person wearing purple, you're like, well, that's the boss over there. Yeah. But the agents is great. There's a lot of double crossing going on. People playing both sides, and and your players enjoy that. Like, I know you've been playing Tyranny of Dragons now for God over a year. Is it almost about two? a year? About a year. No, okay. About a year. Um, 
but I never get updates. How's your game going? Oh, it's pretty good. They went here, they did this thing, but yeah. I haven't read the book, so I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then if I remember later, I will look up, what's this, where they, what, so like, tell me, are your players into the intrigue? Are they strategic? Are they role-playing? How do you? Yeah, so I have a combination. A couple of them are very combat-heavy, and they want to kill everything, and like, they want to seek out the agents. They're like, we'll go and find Varai Commander, the black, and let's murder him. Like, you're, you're level six, sit down. Yeah. But I have a bard in my party who his, I think, the thing he's most proud of is how often he can get through an entire combat without actually doing anything combat at all. Mm. Like, he, they, he will, but he'll, he, he leans heavy into, like, his bluff skills and stuff. Now, sure. he's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to convince the big bad not to attack me, but more like, I'm, I'm going to convince him that it's a better idea to focus on this guy and not me. Right. Like, that kind of thing. So, I'll do that on a tactical level with him. Um, so, I'm playing it in a few different ways, but we, this is kind of going off the adventure, so it's not a spoiler. We locked down Waterdeep is being occupied by the cult. And so now they're part of like a resistance within oh, there. Oh, cool. And That's they awesome. love that because they get to work with the agents. But also I have a rogue assassin who has a criminal contact because of their criminal background. So I tied all that in as well uh, nice. with the Zentarim. So nice. it's been really good. Yeah, so they do like the intrigue side of it. That's cool. And it's and is it combat heavy or role play heavy? Tyranny of Dragons just uh, regularly. Uh, I say there's balance for both. There's opportunities where... You could role play your like you can role play your way into the camp and through it and get the thing, or you can try and fight your way through it, and it kind of leaves it open for both. I will typically just lean into whatever they're trying to do. Yeah, or they will just fuck up the role playing and end up in combat. Yeah, which also happens. That's right. always a thing. lot. Goes. Yeah. Oh, there's just you know they. they well, it takes I, a couple bad dice rolls, and you've gone from oh, infiltration to combat. Yeah, you know, whether you want to or not. Or things that maybe, like, they, they can just do all the time that they have to try and find a way to shut down. Like, they have a wizard who's got a familiar, so that an owl goes and checks everything out before they go in. So I have to try and shut that down somehow. Yeah. Well, it's, there's a bulletin. Watch out for owls. Owl. Yeah. <laughs> Kill on sight. <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I'm, I'm going to get to that point here pretty quickly, because Miyake's got a familiar that's a flying cat, um, who is, it's a tressum, right? So mm -hmm. it's this mm -hmm. long-haired gray cat with, with wings. That's not normal. Yeah, you what, see that, you know something's up. Yeah, the, and the bad guys, like, guys, if players, if you're listening to this, why have you not figured out the bad guys are scrying on you? Yeah. yeah. All of the, they know you're there. Yeah. Right, so. They also have passive perception, which can pick up a lot. If you think of yourself in the world with your passive perception, you'll yeah. spot a black cat. You'll go, there's a cat over there. Yeah. You'll definitely spot a cat with wings. Yeah. Without even really trying. Yeah. So you like running the agents. What yeah. have your players latched onto? What's the number one thing that makes your Tyranny of Dragons unique from the standard? Um, I have started to uh, leverage position with them a lot. I use their backstory. So as they go through things, so the dragons will rule a certain part of the kingdoms and they'll have their maybe their own towers or their own fortresses and stuff. And that's what they want. That's the prize that they go after. Okay. So the Blackstaff Tower in Waterdeep one of the NPCs, and I won't no spoilers there, but that was a part of my campaign with the dragons and the cult. They'd, they'd occupied that, and the wizard was like, "So if we get rid of them, nobody's occupying the tower anymore, and Waterdeep needs a new archmage." And I'm like, "Yes, yeah, okay, absolutely." Will that make you go into the tower that I'm trying to get you into? Then yes, you can you can argue for that. And then I'll use the metallic dragons, the council of the metallic dragons, and tyranny of dragons. There's there's built-in concessions and deals and stuff that they will make. To get involved in the war, but I've of course just geared it towards their backstory. Yeah, 
let's jump into the actual dragon followers now. Um, some stat blocks and some specific ones in particular. There's a section in Fizzbands that uh, has a quick generic description that essentially breaks down what exactly a dragon follower is. And it says that this is a minion, student, employee, acolyte, or thrall. Um, not every dragon is evil. So while yep. the Cult of the Dragon we've been talking about is clearly evil, there are followers for metallic and good dragons, and there are followers for moonstones and deep and lunar and, and shadow. Gems. Like, there's all of the different kinds of dragons that there have followers. Um, but these specific followers we're talking about are not just, like, fans of. These are people with fanatical reverence. And we're talking specifically humanoids for the most part. Um, although... There's no reason why you couldn't make something else, well, as long as it has enough intelligence, um, a, a dragon follower. Uh, they tend to have uh, behaviors and beliefs that are similar to the dragon that they follow. That just makes sense. Yeah. So we're, we're lining up, we're creating a, a force behind the dragon. Um, and uh, we're talking about humanoids who have a personal story about how this specific dragon has impacted their lives in a positive way manner from their perspective right and that is why they've they've dug in so deep with this one one dragon like hey this guy saved my life or killed my enemy or gave me the riches or their regional effects affected the crops in my village yeah like yeah. something like that right most want to have dragons live among humanoid civilizations as rulers why would you have a human mayor when you can have a dragon mayor right so that's kind of the general rule for all of them that we're going to talk about today. For the most, for, for the ones that I'm about to, to list out, and I've got a number of them here. I'm going to give kind of a quick flyby on these guys, and not a big, you know, stat block deep dive on them. Uh, and I'm going to hit them rapid fire here, so so hold on tight. But, all right, um, strap in, Terry. Yes. You will recognize the first four for sure. Yeah, um, because they're right from the Tyranny of Dragons in Horde of the Dragon Queen. The first one to get is what's called a Dragon Claw. Uh, they're CR1, and they can be any humanoid. These guys have standard stat block for whatever the you know, basic humanoid would have, but they get a couple of really cool details, and I'm going to be talking about the details that makes them all separate. Okay, so um, they have what's called Dragon Fanatic, which means they have advantage on saving throws against being charmed or frightened. And while the Dragon Claw can see a dragon or a higher-ranking cult of the Dragon Cultist that is also friendly to it, then they ignore the effects of being charmed or frightened at all. Yep. So that right there is a huge boon, especially when you have dragons on the battlefield. Do you find that comes up a lot? Charmed and frightened? Uh, it, I have a paladin that does something weird with fear, so yeah. Okay. Uh, fanatic advantage is another thing where once per turn, if the dragon claw makes a weapon attack uh, with advantage uh, on the attack roll and it hits, it deals an extra 2d6 damage. This is particularly powerful because they also have pack tactics. Well, okay. So they will often oh, yes. be rolling with advantage. Um, so if you run up against one of these guys, he's a fight. Three of them, you're getting your ass beat. Mm -hmm. They all have multi-attack. They can attack twice, they get a scimitar. In <laughs> Horde of the Dragon Queen, are you running off the two books separately, or do you have the combined book? T two separate books. Okay, so in Horde of the Dragon Queen, there's a little blurb underneath it that says, um, for a dragon wing, uh, which is the next one, uh, a dragon wing uses a dragon claw stat blocks, except that it has double normal hit points, double the normal hit dice, and is a challenge rating 2. A more detailed statistics block for the dragon wing will appear in Rise of Tiamat. And then you oh. go to Rise of Tiamat and you realize that, oh shit, there's way more to it than mm -hmm. just a doubling. 
you also get resistance to acid, cold, fire, lightning, or poison, depending on the kind of dragon, right? Um, and uh, you get limited flight, which is not included. If you only have Horde of the Dragon Queen, your dragon wings don't fly. Interesting. Yeah, which is, did you run into that? Have you? No, that hasn't come up for me. Um, okay. What, they have limited flight? They have, yeah, they have flight according to... Uh, right, so that's TMA. an oversight Rise on my part. I just have to, I, I just didn't well, you'd have to that. see. you would have to check the separate stat block in Rise of Tiamat yeah. to catch that. Yeah, so you can use a bonus action to gain a flying speed of 30 feet until the end of the turn. Oh, well, that's getting used. Also, the scimitar now does an additional D6 on top of the regular stuff um, for whatever the damage type that they would do. Fire, poison, acid, whatever. To more flavor it. And we're going to see that, that this stacks, right? So the Dragon Claw is the basic um, version, and then the Dragon Wing is the next step up. So it's doing more damage, and it's uh, got some damage resistance, and it can fly. Then you have the Dragon Fang, which can do all of that except the flight. Only the wing can fly. Dragon Fang is in Rise of Tiamat only, um, where your fanatic advantage, which was when you hit, well, you have advantage, you had 2d6. Yeah. Now it's 3d6. The scimitar is replaced with a short sword, and it does 2d6 damage of whatever the dragon type is in addition to the slashing, right? Also, they have the ability to use Orb of Dragon's Breath uh, two times a day, which is a ranged spell attack. It's got a range of 50 feet, which is pretty impressive, and it does 5d8 damage uh, of the type to whatever dragon it, it follows, right? So 5d8 is impressive at CR5. Yeah. Especially because you can do this a couple times a day and you're probably running into more than one of these guys at a time. And then after that, you have the Dragon Soul, which is a CR7. Now they also get to speak Infernal uh, instead of just Common and Draconic. Um, their Short Sword does 3d6, whatever the damage type is. So you're doing 1d6 on a Short Sword plus 3d6. So they've gone from Scimitars to Short Swords. Yeah. Plus extra bonus damage. Yeah. And now uh, instead of the 5d8, the Dragon's Breath, you can use three times a day and it does 68. So you can see we're leveling up more yeah. and more and more. But we don't really have anything else that's just a standard NPC without being a named NPC that's any higher of that, mm -hmm. right? So otherwise, they're just like, use the priest stat block or the veteran right. stat block yeah. or whatever it is from there. So I mean, that's common through it all. Yeah. So these are the four unique ones that we get that are based on the dragon cult um, or cult of the dragon from the Tyranny of Dragons um, adventure. If you miss the flying thing, yeah, you gotta. You I'll gotta, go back on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then we go to Fizzbands. Fizzbands has three really interesting options. These ones are we're gonna see a little bit more of the fanaticism here. They ramp it up in a unique way, and you gotta think it's not just. See, those ones are Tiamat. They're all evil. The ones before. Yeah. These ones could be for any of them, including Gem. So you gotta think about. Well, I could apply a Dragon Soul or a Dragon Wing or whatever. To a silver dragon or a gem dragon or lunar dragon, whatever. The dragon NPCs and fizzbands are a little bit more unique and, um, in my head, problematic for, for players in the world, right? Like, they're, they have a different kind of problem solving. So let, let me get into it. First of all, there's a dragon speaker. These are public speakers who are super charismatic dragon ambassadors. Um, and they walk into the room and, uh, and their voice echoes and booms and everyone listens to them. And they are there to represent the dragon. Have, have you used these in... I have not used a dragon speaker, but I do but I do lead into like propaganda and stuff. So I will introduce them. 
Well, these guys, they use their voices to instill awe and fear in both allies and enemies. So even the allies, you should be afraid. Mm-hmm. The dragon, like, th- these are these are fearful followers, right? They also have a few spells that enchants and charms people to be able to help them to do more shit. So if Natural. you wanted a mechanical side mm-hmm. to that as well. Um, but the big thing is they want to get valuable resources, they want to establish diplomacy, and to get tribute to add to the horde. So they are there say, oh, the dragon is coming, here he comes, this is, what you need to know is benevolence is this and so on. Step forward, give me your shit, mm-hmm. right? Take me to your leaders and in your, like, civilization. And then they're going to turn around and continue to charm and shit from there as well. So they're insidious, yeah. right? It, but they could be malevolent. They're here to, hey, you know what? The silver dragon is coming and you guys should all bow down in reverence because a silver dragon will make your lives better. Yeah. For a nominal fee. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because... For the cause. Yeah, yeah, but that nominal fee might just be we're going to open up trade routes. Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't operate within the limits of your city. Yeah. Carte blanche. We want carte blanche permission to do whatever we need to do within the city. You can trust us and we will trust you, right? So it can just be diplomacy or it can be like... Hey, we need uh, this specific kind of mithril that you guys have, and we can offer you a shit ton of silver because we know you have a lycanthropy problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it can be mutually beneficial. It's not dragon queeny, right? Which is gonna be like, yeah. give us your shit or you die. Give right? us shit and then you die. Right? There's that. So <laughs> I like it for. Um, not that I'm going to keep going back to Nazis. I think it's just an easy parallel for people to draw. Like it yeah. reminds it reminds me as though I was there. But when the Nazis first started speaking in the beer halls, it would be this kind of thing. But you yeah. can do it good or bad. Yeah. You know, you can do. You're just trying well, to. The, the American Revolution was that too. I mean, Hamilton starts off. The beginning of it is them in bars, standing on tables, yeah. telling people, "Hey, listen to me. We got to rise up and revolt." Right. Right. And so, like, yeah, that's exactly what this guy is. Although. I feel like he's also going to stand in town square and it's not going to be like behind closed doors. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be like, hear ye, hear ye, <laughs> right? These guys are CR2. They're immune to being charmed or frightened. They have dark vision up to 60 feet. Um, and they speak common draconic in two more languages. Their only attack is called Thunderbolt, but they get a multi-attack with it. 60 foot range. It's a magical spell attack. And it uh, does 3d8 thunder damage and pushes a target horizontally away from the dragon speaker. There's no save yeah. on that. They just push you. I feel like this was made because people knew, they knew that the players are going to eventually attack these things. Absolutely. Right? Which They're is, not made for combat, but okay, people are going to attack these. We at least need to give them a stat block. Well, wait for it. They're going to be attacked because they have once a day calm emotions, charm person, command, and comprehend languages. They're there to yeah. fuck up your NPCs. Yeah. Right? They also have a reaction, disarming words they can use three times a day. Where if they can see a creature within 60 feet that is making a damage roll, so they've attacked and and are now rolling damage, the speaker rolls a d6 and reduces that amount of damage because they've said, you don't want to do that, and it makes the attacker falter. Yeah. So That's cool. So there's a lot going on with this dragon speaker, Um, but they also get a bodyguard, which is called a dragon chosen. Uh, These are essentially dragon warriors with two weapons and a hair trigger. So they often <laughs> escort uh, dragon speakers and are there to defend them because clearly when you first show up in town, there will be dissenting voices, yep. right? Uh, these guys are immune to being frightened but not to being charmed. So the dragon oh, speaker could charm them and get them to do oh, shit too, yeah. right? So may, yeah. they might even be unwilling. Yeah. So, um, But they have a multi-attack, one of the hand axe, uh, and 
two with a short sword. The cool thing is the hand axe magically returns to their hand. It's supposed to be thrown. That's awesome. And then it magically returns to their hand on their next turn, right? So to, to do it again. Um, they're beefier. Like I say, they're a CR3. So you, you're probably... how What what level is your party right now, Terry? Ten. You're going to want four or five of these guys around yeah. every speaker, right? Um, but uh, but they'll be able to, to throw down. Then you end up with your Dragon Blessed. And this is the last one that we get. Um, these guys are the actual acolytes of dragons who have magical powers that they claim are gifts from the dragons themselves. They not only heal allies, but they will attack enemies. So they're a little bit more in your face. And they may be the diplomat standing behind the speaker. You know Ebony Ma from the Avengers? Oh, yes. Yep. Right? That That is going to be your speaker. Yep. As Thanos is sitting there behind him with his arms crossed, and that will be your chosen. Right. right. So I am here to represent, you know, the first chosen of the gold dragon. Um, and he has this to say, and then the speaker speaks on his behalf. Yeah. And the chosen just sits there and nods and looks all official and shit. They're CR5. They're immune to being frightened, but again, not to being charmed. They speak common and draconic in two more languages. They have a multi-attack, which means they attack twice. One of them is with a mace that does uh, an additional 48 radiant damage on top of your standard mace ship. Wow. So, I mean, that packs a bit of a punch, especially at level 5. 48 is not insignificant. And then they also have Radiant Bolt, which has 120-foot range and does 5d8 radiant damage. And then the Blessed also regains 1d10 hit points when that does damage. So Nice. At will, they have Light and Thaumaturgy. Uh, and once a day, they have Enhance Ability, Flame Strike, Mass Cure Wounds, Ooh. which is why you're going to have yeah. people following your dragon, Revivify, and Tiles. Wow. Yeah. So, so they're there to be... To give the blessing on to the, to the yeah. people of the village. I love it when the bad guys have Revivify. Because yeah. that'll stop a combat real quick. Like, yeah. put a PC down and then pull out the diamond and say, I can help. Like yeah. that. They'll stop. I, I also like it when they when they revivify to bring one of the bad guys back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you, now you know who, who your real problem is. We got to get rid of this priest character, right? Yeah. When we flip to Dragonlance, Dragonlance is, I don't want to surprise you guys, it's all about dragons as well. Okay. Shocking. Uh, but this time, the dragon cult is not a cult, it's an army, and it's not for Tiamat, it's for Tachesis, and that is, um, who is essentially Tiamat, but like, a beefed up, scarier version of Tiamat. The Tiamat that we get is always like, aspect of Tiamat. Yes, and you never get full like, Tiamat. Like, CR 30-ish. You T- never go full Tiamat. No. <laughs> um, Tachesis is like the size of a mountain and the artwork has her like l- like leaning down over and looking into a an entire city yeah. like blocking out the sun so truly a god as opposed to a, an avatar the army has a bunch of different creatures in it but when it comes to just your standard humanoids it it has a couple of uh interesting notes for it they're pretty straightforward but all dragon army weapons are infused with the dragon's breath that is the standard thing to be aware of. And frankly, if you're not doing it with your dragon cult, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's a green dragon, it's poison flavor. Yep. Like, we know we're going into... Poison flavor. Yeah, we're, we're going into the poison flavor chapter, right? All so, right, here's my question. What does poison flavor taste like? Taco Bell. Ooh. <laughs> it, 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 it is the hot sauce from Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, I was going to go with, like, one of the top-end hot sauces, like the ones that really burn. Yeah, but, yeah, but those ones, they burn, and you appreciate that they're doing their job and they're doing mm. it well. 
Taco Bell is just going to clear you out like a fucking Drano, right? Like, that is the poison. Maybe Drano is the flavor of poison. Maybe it is. <laughs> um, we have two different levels, Army Soldier and uh, Army Officer for the Dragon Army. They're not really inspiring because they're yeah. low CR, but um, the Soldier is CR1. It says it's typically lawful evil, but of course, if, you, if, you, yeah, if you've got a gem dragon, it'll be whatever their alignment is, right? So... Mm. An AC is 17 is pretty high for CR1. Yeah. And they have something called Dragon or Draconic Devotion. Uh, while the soldier can see a, a dragon that is not hostile to it, it has advantage on attack rolls. They get a multi-attack with a longsword or a javelin, and they just add 1d4 of whatever the damage type is on top of the standard right. um, longsword or, or javelin, right? So uh, for the army officer, you have a CR3 creature now. Again, any humanoid, typically lawful evil. Um, AC 19, again, high for a CR 3. They have Draconic Devotion as well, which means they have advantage. They got a Heavy Crossbow now, which is the an additional uh, 1d10 of the damage type associated with the dragons. But they also get a Lance. I don't want to surprise you guys that the Dragon, dragon Lance. lance. Um, this is not an actual Dragon Lance. Dragon Lances are legitimate, like, high-powered legendary items that are used to slay dragons. These guys, I feel like, are supposed to ride on the back of Dragon Elves, and we'll talk about Dragon Elves in the future. But Dragon Elves are smaller, dumber dragons that uh, have barding and saddles, and you fly around on them and fight. Um, we have gotten them as... I think we have the three different levels across a couple of books now, where Fizzbands introduced them as, like, neutral, and then um, Dragonlance introduced the good and the evil versions of it. So, But you get a lance... Interestingly enough, when the players use a lance, they have disadvantage if they're not mounted. These guys don't get disadvantage. Mm. That's not a part of this. They just use it. It does 1d10 plus 3 piercing and 1d4, whatever the Draconic Breath damage type sure. is, right? The other thing that it gets, though, is a uh, multi-attack that uses the lance twice and then something called Assault Orders. This recharges on a 5 or 6, and this is when the officer shouts orders and targets up to two other creatures within 60 feet of itself. If they have the Draconic Devotion, which means they're a part of the army, and they can hear the officer, the target can use its reaction to make one melee attack. Mm. So this is almost granting a very minimal, like, legendary action. Yeah. Um, to just get that extra attack in, even if your players are uh, planted their feet and they're not moving. Yeah. So that's a lot. I just dropped a, a lot on you guys. Um, I'd like to ask some questions, so let's grab dice okay. and roll. I'm on a five. I'm still on Three. a five. Okay, <laughs> Brad with I'm going first with a 13. I'm, I'm going to kind of pick and choose, and we're going to uh, yeah. jump around here. So there's the dragon followers from Tyranny of Dragon. The yep. Dragon Claw, Dragon Wing, Dragon Fang. Dragon yes, Soul. that's right. Do we have any quest ideas that would be around this cult of the dragon besides what Terry was talking about? We were talking about the dragon soul being kind of the... Heart or almost a representative. No, that's the dragon chosen. We'll get to oh, we're th yeah, I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the dragon soul is just the beefed up version of the. Um, oh, that's the right. They just got stronger it as they a, went. Yeah, it's a CR seven beefier version that does a whole bunch of damage. That's right. Back, so yeah, so I mean, these guys. The quest is going to be they're kind of, maybe these are the lead forces coming into town, mm -hmm. right? They're they're coming in ahead of whatever army is coming in, and they're laying the groundwork. And people are saying, hey, we're seeing this army on the horizon, but right now we need to deal with, there's maybe, let's say two dozen of these things, maybe 50 of them mm -hmm. that are in town. 
and we need to find a way of either holding them off because they're just going to be preparing a way. They're not really going to be raising the town at this point. They're waiting for the army to do that, but they're infiltrating the town. And we need to find a way to push them out so they don't get any more information and we can start to form our defenses without these guys infiltrating and slowing us down. Yeah, I feel like they're not hiding who they are, but no. they're also like, we are here sitting at, at the table in the tavern, making our presence known. Yeah. The dragon is coming. It's mm-hmm. coming, yeah. Terry, do you have any ideas? I did, um, I think it's a good idea for a side quest. I was using the dragon souls as like, some of the more like local leadership, like they may be in charge of like a company of like a hundred people or something. And my players did what players do. They all kind of steal robes and stuff. And then they snuck into this camp and they ended up in like the headquarter tent. So I was like, I'm going to flip this on them. And I had it where basically the dragon soul was like, you're late. You're supposed to hear before everybody gather around. We're determining how we're going to attack the good guys, which was them. Yeah, which was yeah. them. Yeah. So their side quest was, they were like helping the cult figure out how they're going to attack the town, yeah, but trying to do it so that they would then have the advantage when the when the time came to do it. So that was good working with the Dragon Souls because they got to get an idea of the their strategies, the tactics they were going yeah. to use, and also influence them as well. I really like these guys um, for being the th- thug level. Like they're not, they're not the the speaker because we've got the speaker yeah. and the others coming mm-hmm. right. They're, so they're not the diplomat. They're also not the army. They're, they're not yeah. the soldier. They are far more cult. They're militia they mm. feel like they're almost mercenary they're gonna be the thugs that go out there and say you know in the name of the dragon we're here to fuck you up yeah right if they're not if, <laughs> if they're not a part of the cult officially yeah right? right so dragon soul is a good name for like a band as well i feel like i feel like dragon yeah. fang if i was picking one from that i feel like list. dragon fang is the name of my guitar though ah uh, there you go um but like we, we clearly have an army now that is set up that will ride dragon elves and stuff. And so it makes the cult of the dragon from, like, this was the first adventure in Fifth Ed. Except for the starter set, this was the first. So, like, it needed a redesign and an overhaul because we have a whole edition now. I feel like like these dragon claws and, and dragon fangs and stuff could be replaced a lot of the time by, yeah. like, the low-level stuff. Mm. could be replaced by the stuff from uh, Dragonlance. But if you wanted to have, like, Terry, if you're running um, Cult of the Dragon, or uh, uh, Tyranny of Dragons, and you've got the Cult of the Dragon there, and now suddenly the Dragon Wings are flying, why are you also not having some of them on the backs of Dragon Elves? Yeah. Right? So there's a whole, like, aerial unit now for this thing. Yeah. And so that's where I think these guys are going to come in to, to beef up the ranks, to swell the ranks. But we don't have anything else. Um, from Dragonlance that is CR5 or CR7. So the soul and the fang are still your, your, going to be your leader templates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, any idea about uh, the speaker chosen and blessed? Just a reminder, the speaker is the one that talks. Yeah. The chosen is the bodyguard and the blessed is the... I, I feel the of the three that we discussed, right, through groups that we discussed, these are yeah. the ones that actually provide some more quest opportunities, I right? Think so, yeah. You can actually interact with them. You can speak with them. They're going to be coming into town. Yeah. Right? And they're coming into town ready to go with a message. Mm-hmm. Um, and the quest is going to be, one, are you going to assist or are you going to rebel? And I think that's the opportunity to present with your players. Are you going to side with the speaker? Are you going to allow yourself to be swayed by the words of the speaker? Or are you automatically going to distrust them? And now we got to figure out how to run these guys out of town. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd want to lean into the politics side yeah. uh, with these guys and have them, maybe the party's going to discover that they are, you know, dragon speakers and that they're they're clearly influencing the town or the city or the, you know, mm -hmm. the agenda from within with the politicians. Because then that does give you a, re then, they're, then you're not just meeting them in the tavern and they're convincing everybody. Yeah. Like, it, there's more to it. It's going to be... Uh, yeah, this is definitely in the town square. Yeah, this is going to be a big, and maybe you could even have it so they're actually very well loved by the people. Yeah even if they're like in the Senate or something or in Parliament, because even though the party knows they need to get rid of them, the people might be on side with them because they've always been so good. And you know what? <laughs> the, the joke, they always joke, the joke always is, well, they have some good ideas. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> they're crazy, but they've got a point but, on some things. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm looking at this from a homebrew perspective where I would have dragons, dragons was a little bit aloof, right? Mm -hmm. In most campaigns, they're, off on the mountain range over there, right? They're very rarely in your face unless you're doing a dragon campaign. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I would start off by having these guys, the speaker with a blessed and a handful of chosen, walk into town and say, uh, in a strange accent, like a far off oh. dialect and say, dragons are real. And you've been hearing rumors about them and people point out wyverns and hydras and think, oh, look, dragons. But dragons are real. And they're tired of whatever the, the inciting incident is. You have now done this thing to gain their attention or you have uh, crossed a boundary and they're here to say they're coming. Yeah. And you need to be afraid or you need to be respectful. You got to get ready. They're coming. And then have everyone else, all the other NPCs go bullshit. No, they're yeah. not. And see where the players land and see whether or not I'm... Am I going to just turn this into a cult and there are no dragons? Mm -hmm. Or are the dragons coming, yeah. right? And I may not make, I may not pull the trigger on that until like uh, level six or seven, right? I'm going to get solidly into tier two before I decide because I want to see how much the players give a shit. If they don't, the dragons are coming, yeah. Yeah. right? If they very much care, they're going to reveal that, no, the speaker has just got mind control powers and is <laughs> try, trying to get gold and, and concubines, right? Like, yeah. Getting their own. Um, when it comes, though, to the uh, Dragonlance army, do we have so, anything in particular about soldier that? Soldier, officer, I mean, they're rank-and-file members, right? They're really... The officer's a little bit more than that, stuff, but I would really but, like to see, like, a general, yeah. right, or a captain. Like, we have... The, at CR3, these are lieutenants. Sorry, lieutenants. <laughs> um, right? So, yeah. so, let's... Uh, I don't know, Terry, how do you feel about them? Considering, considering you've been playing in a dragon army for yeah. a while, did, do these guys help out? Yes, they do, because there's a time and a place for both. So cultists are bringing the ideology. So they're trying to spread the propaganda and the idea. The soldiers will typically just be executing a specific mission, and they won't go off topic on that. If they have a specific job they've been told to do, and, and they'll only do that. And they probably won't even know as much about the ideologies or even care too much. So the idea of, like, they're going to interact with the party differently. They're going to have a very specific purpose of what they're trying to do. Uh, but in, so, so in some ways, they'll be much more creative than the cultists. Like, they'll have better tactics so you can think about it much more. Mm -hmm. uh, but in other ways, they'll also be very predictable. Yeah. So they'll have a go-to way of handling things. Um, I think I already answered it from my perspective, but I really like I really like that idea of having the. It's almost like two different wings of the same organization, right? Right. Like what you did there, wings. Wings. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, 
Um, I guess you could deal with occupied territory, right? Mm -hmm. Because once territory is occupied, that's when you're going to see these guys somewhere other than the battlefield. Yeah. And that's when you're going to have an opportunity to interact with your soldiers and your... And that's when, if you do... That's a good, a good point, actually. If they're in an occupied place, that's when they'll start to get bored. Yeah. And that's when they'll start to... Like, the dynamic with the soldiers... There's going to be the trouble in them. the bars. There's yeah. going to be exactly. whatever's going on, right? They'll probably do things they're not supposed to do and yeah. may even get away with it a lot. It'll be covered up and that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, and that's when you have the bureaucracy turning a blind eye... Or everyone is just bored and fat and lazy. Like, if you go deep, deep, deep into the lands mm -hmm. and nobody's paying attention to that small village over there that is clearly part of the dragon lands. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else is like, yeah, man, sure, the dragon exists, but we have farming to do. Like, yeah. even the guards are, they barely fit in their armor anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right? Nobody comes through here except yeah. the people that are on the, like, that are already on our good books. So, That's right. Yeah. Well, we don't give a shit. So, yeah. um, that's where you're, you're doofus. Okay, look. My nephew just turned 16. He wants to join the army. He's kind of an idiot. He's an artist at heart. He, but he thinks that he can be a soldier. Where can we put him? We're going to put him way back. In the, yeah. he, he, is a, he is a soldier. Way, we've given him officer. That's right. But he's but way he's the fuck back there. Yeah. He's going to work in the dental center. Yeah. That's that's right. Right. <laughs> yeah 50 miles behind the front line. That's where he's going to work. Um, Brad, for role playing... We talk a lot about chromatic. Do you have any insights about um, neutral or good cultists? I think neutral or good cultists are going to be more like your everyday... Like if we were to draw a parallel, right? Your church attenders. Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. The people who are showing up on Sunday, they're not involved in the... They're not members of the clergy. They're not members of... That's something... Your, they might be your volunteers or your people who show up. That's something that's worth pointing out, though, is that we, we say it's a dragon cult... It's really a dragon religion. It is. It's yeah. just it happens to be evil. Yeah. Right. So. And you know they've got you've got a dragon right here. This is clear. They're doing something that I like, and I'm worshiping them because I feel like there's going to be a benefit to me mm -hmm. if I continue to worship them. Mm -hmm. Right. By supporting them and keeping them in this position, I am in a way ensuring that I myself am going to. Do Do you think they're going to worship like that for a great worm or an ancient or even an adult the same way they would for a dragon god? Like, I think so, because there's enough power, right? It depends on how much power the dragon... Like, a Great Worm or an Ancient, I would say yes, they probably will. Because as far as a commoner is concerned, they effectively are a god. Yeah. An and Ancient Dragon or a Great Worm is effectively a god in comparison to your average commoner. E even an adult will have been there yeah. for the last five generations of my family. Exactly. Yeah. I quite like the idea of good-aligned dragon cultists. Yep. Like... You know, the the cult of Bahamut. I like the idea of, like, born-again cultists that have maybe seen the error of their ways and yeah. have that same level of fanaticism for the good or neutral-aligned dragons. Now. Absolutely, yeah. The, the dragons... The dragons, in this case, the dragons actually here for our good. Mm -hmm. Not just for our benefit, but for a greater good, right? Not, yeah. And not just our good, but the good of everyone else around. Right. Right? So by helping Bahamut or somebody of even just a good gold dragon... Fizz ban himself. Yeah, yeah. It is going to help everybody. So, of course, yeah, that, that's the way I would picture Fanatic, right? They want what's best for the world. Now, it's a little bit different when it comes to neutral dragons because yeah. a lot of the times neutrality means disinterest, uh, maintaining the balance, or selfishness. Mm -hmm. So at that point, whatever your followers or your cultists or whatever it is, they that's really where I'm leaning into. They follow the same mentality as the dragons yes. themselves. Yeah. There has to be a reason for them to align, right? Yeah. So yeah. 
Like, yeah, I think if you're worshipping a neutral dragon, it's because you are in some way benefiting only yourself. Yeah. Right? It There is a benefit here for me. Not whatever for everybody else. I don't care, but there's a benefit here for me, so I'm going to keep following this dragon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I would agree with that, because when you're following, like, I think it's easier with, like, a good aligned thing as an example. If you're following a good aligned dragon, you know what you're expected to do and why you're expected to do it. This is the reason that Bahamut wants us to do this, and this is why it's good. Mm-hmm. With a neutral dragon it must be your own interest because it's not totally yeah. clear what's expected of you or why yeah, and but, it may change yes. but, but i can also see because some of the gem dragons are all about the balance of the universe right yeah. and perfect harmony i can see an order of monks following a dragon yes. like that right yeah. so where it's not selfish but they're trying to keep the balance yeah but that's what i mean like their interests have to align yeah, appropriately that's so. that's interesting the idea of balance and i did touch on that in my campaign a little bit of well with uh, with uh, Protanther, who's the the gold dragon, the ancient gold dragon. His argument for not getting involved in the war is that uh, is that the chromatic dragons it was their territory by right, and until people are enslaved or until the balance is being tipped off, really the the, uh, the metallic dragons should not get involved. They're allowed to rule the area, and we're allowed to rule this area. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of, of neutrality and balance. Because if it starts to get heavy in one direction, maybe the people don't realize. So these monks may have to come in and be like, by the way, we've got to take all this farmland back from you guys because now you have too much influence. I know you as an individual family, you don't realize this and you're just trying to get by, but you actually have too much. So we've got to give some back to yeah. these people over here. Like I love the idea of them rocking up to the... To, fuck, Megan's got me saying it now. Rocking up to the party and being like, hey... You guys are really super powered and you're helping the good guys and the good dragon and we really love that. But you're too beefy, we're going to need to take some of those magic items away to just balance the scales, pardon the pun, a little bit. So, like, I really like the idea of the neutral guy showing up and being like, so you're not going to like this. (laughs) This has got some, like, like Jedi balance nonsense. We actually have to give it to the bad guys, as you call them. (laughs) I I see you guys have, have three of the masks and they only have one right now, the last one's missing. Which one can we take from you to give to them? Yeah. Right? Could you imagine, <laughs> Terry, what would your players do if you if they collected three masks? That'd be a fight on sight. So they commandeered a uh, ship with a, with the, with that was taken a horde to like, a something site or whatever. I won't do any spoilers. And I fucking sunk the ship because I was like, you're not having 50,000 gold pieces. I'm going <laughs> to sink your ship. And they hated that. They hate you taking anything off of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that their masks, they're so keen on. Every session, mm-hmm. who's got the mask? Where's your other mask? Which, which backpack is the mask in? Because not all the players yeah. can get there every session, right? When it comes to exploration, I don't want to talk about, well, how do you know that a dragon speaker is nearby? Mm-hmm. Like, but like, what is the evidence from, from these NPCs what is the evidence that uh, we're going to see a dragon army or cult or influence mm-hmm. coming into a civilization? For me, heraldry. I'm going to use like symbolism and yeah. heraldry and colors, right? And especially when the army's not there, it's not coming. It hasn't arrived yet, but it's on its way. You're just starting to see little pockets of dissension in the mm-hmm. same way that you would see. Like maybe, maybe you see the graffiti yeah, show up first. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, graffiti. Little flags, little symbols being tossed Above up here and there, stars and stuff. Little, or a little flag in a shop window, or things like that. Hashtags, hashtags. Yeah. <laughs> when but, when you're dealing with the with a cult though, an actual literal dragon gods, I'd even say maybe great worms because they're so tied to the idea of nature and the universe and stuff itself. Yeah. I gotta ask, are you seeing 
clouds that look like dragons? Are you getting omens? Is that some of the shit that's coming in? I do omens. I, the omen, for omens and portents, for sure, right? You're going to have some seers in the town. You're, you know the thing you're going to have? You're going to have town criers. You're going to have people standing up on corners and soapboxes. Yeah. They won't even be necessarily the dragon cult followers. They're going to be just people who are seeing that it's coming mm-hmm. and crying the way, like, the end is nigh. Traveling the, merchants and caravans. Yeah. Uh, the, Rumors, the, the, for the sure, will be passing through. They'll be coming yeah. through, yeah. Yeah, any merchant wagon will have news of one of the things that I always army on the move. One of the things I like to do in my campaign, whenever I've got a huge powerhouse that's out there that has the ability to scry, and frankly, your yeah. ancients and above should should right? be scry. so. Uh, if they're not doing it themselves, they're employing somebody who is. What I do is I I attack diviners, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember this, Terry, but when you were like able to look into a crystal ball and divine the future, the hags were looking back and they were fucking up the NPCs that were trying to do that. Yeah. So the so Dan often, but like whoever, yeah. whatever the player is that goes to a seer to, can you scry, can you communicate with this person in, in another town, can you tell me my future, whatever it is. And there's a blue dragon coming and we've seen the omens and everything else and they start to like look into the future. They just suddenly crackle with electricity and die. Yeah. Right. Or they suddenly cough up acid and their face melts off. Right. Like I'm, I'm going to do that kind of thing. If it's a green dragon, the boils appear on them and down they go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are all evil, but the same thing, like, I think that uh, that maybe the beard on the dwarf begins to crystallize because it was a crystal dragon, yeah. right? And shit like that. So, I want to feel that dragon. Like they had interaction. Influence in the world. Like, beyond even regional effects, these are magical effects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're fighting a, a red great worm... Your fire spell should do one more damage die. Mm. Just because fire is a thing right now, right? Yeah. So, um, do we have uh, any ideas for combat for these guys? I mean, we have a cult. We have an army. What about the speaker and the and the blessed and the chosen? What, what are we doing for combat there? Well, for those three specifically, right? Your chosen are going to be your front end. They're coming out and they're going to be putting their bodies on the line. Mm-hmm. Right? They will be self-sacrificing to protect. At the end of the day, the blessed is the one that they are protecting, right? Mm. The, the speaker needs to be protected, but the blessed is the one who is... The blessed has enough power to be able to hold their own. Oh, they will. Out. So They're protected, yeah. They're, they're, it's actually in the lore they follow the speakers because the speakers are relatively weak. Right. And are also going to be the ones to get in your fucking face with yeah. it, right? So. And you're going to be using your speakers to enforce their will upon, right? Like Their goal is to avoid combat. They don't want to get into combat. The Chosen are there in the event that that doesn't work out for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll be trying to keep a distance uh, as much as they can. I mean, I don't think there's anything crazy or unexpected for combat that I would do. I'd be be trying to use the advantage rules. um, Charming where I can from the speaker, right? Like, I'm going to try to to take out the low will, low intelligence level of of player. I mean, you're attacking the NPCs, right? The party's really NPCs am. is who you're attacking with the speaker. And, and the townsfolk, too. Yeah. Like, you should... When when you... Don't target the party. Target the people I, around them. Like, I, you can target the party, but I my first target would be... I think the most interesting combat encounter is when the party walks up and says, stop spreading your bullshit, and the entire crowd turns them and say, hey, hey, sit down and shut up. We're, we love this guy. Yeah, this guy's yeah. great. Yeah, so that, like that's a weird dynamic. Most parties will be like... Kill the town? Do we kill? No, we'll just leave. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck them. Let them burn. Yeah. And any insights on? on I uh, like your idea, but now I want two sides to the crowd. 
Mm -hmm. I want the side that agrees and the side that disagrees. Let's have a riot. Let's yeah, have a riot. just a town Your center brawl, a good old. Oh, yeah, I would just get. I got like you know those fifty like regular game palms, you know, the yeah. different yeah. colors, and just have a red side and a blue side or whatever colors you want to do, and just have the combat in the middle, and then you can literally have them fighting each other. Give yourself a gangs, gangs of New York style battle. Exactly. Just don't make it complicated. Just straight dice yeah. rolls. If the if one side hits the other side, take one of those off. Yeah. Make it nice and simple for mechanics. But it's gonna stress the hell out of the players. Use risk rules. I would no, I wouldn't even use risk rules. If I can be honest, I would in front of the party, I would say, depending on which side is bigger. Yeah. On initiative count, whatever, I roll the the blue die for the blue side and the red die for the red side. The red side is bigger, they get a D eight, the blue side gets a D six, and we're gonna roll. And however many I roll, those are the people that die this round. Yeah. And I will remove those pieces at random. So and that way I can do kind of a mass combat feel. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, if it goes on long enough, I'm also going to have the speaker or the, or the blessed stand up and be like, everybody stop or crackle lightning from yeah. a wand or something. And, yeah. And then suddenly everybody stops fighting and they're like, the dragon commands. <laughs> right. So the moment the supporters are starting to win, these guys are going to step in and stop the fight. Yeah. And maybe even be able to convert some of the others. Yeah. Right? Let's talk about metallic sentinels though. Let's do because it. Because this is uh, something outside of our standard our, our standard just kind of NPC, right? We're getting into, like, monster stats now. Yeah. The Metallic Peacekeepers, or sorry, Metallic Sentinels, um, are a really cool concept uh, that we get from Fizzbands. Um, they are effectively some sort of guardian that's been created by a Metallic Dragon, and they are made of the type of metal associated with the dragon, naturally. Um, they have basically been forged and then empowered by the breath of the dragon to serve the dragon. There are also artificers who can, uh, like dragonborn artificer cults who can make these things. Okay. Um, which is really interesting. Generally, they're attributed to being connected to a dragon, and the stats here we're going to get into in a second are going to enforce that further. So the first type, there are two types. There's metallic peacekeepers and there are metallic warblers. We're going to start with the peacekeeper. Um, functionally, they have a lot of the same features, a lot of the same, um, you know, stat lock, uh, immunities, uh, senses, everything like that is fairly similar between the two. Okay. The only thing that really changes is, you know, the levels, the numbers. Sure. Because you've got a CR4 for the Sentinel and you've got a, I believe it's a CR1 one quarter for the Warbler. Oh, you mean the, the Peacekeeper is CR4? The Peacekeeper is CR4. Okay. So, right, a bigger and buffer, but the general purpose of them is actually quite similar. Okay. So, let's start with the Peacekeepers. Um, they generally are left behind by a dragon when a dragon is impacted by a community. So, it's, it's it spends some time in a community, especially in its human form, and it wants to... It's time for the dragon to move on, but it wants to still protect this community. It will leave behind one of these peacekeepers. I'm assuming from the name metallic that we're dealing with metallic dragons. These are the good. Yes, guys, these are right? specifically connected with metallic dragons. Okay. They are made of metal, mm -hmm. um, associated with the dragon type. So there is no, at least within the rule set, there is no analog for a chromatic dragon or a gem dragon or. Sure. Not that you couldn't do it, but these. So these, some of the some of the gem dragons could, but I mean yeah. the artwork for these guys, the peacekeepers, they're. They're relatively bipedal. Yes, they, they are. They look like they're from from like high super tech futuristic. Super futuristic. It, uh, the closest I was thinking of was uh, what was that Will Smith movie? 
iRobot. iRobot. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the vibe I got off yeah. of them. Yeah, when I, I, have the, I have the mini for this, actually. It's yeah. So I, yeah. 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 Um, so these things, basically, these metallic peacekeepers, I mean, they're made of metal and imbued with dragon magic, so they can just kind of live, they don't have a lifespan. Sure. Right? They're a construct, effectively, so it's not like they live and die. But the purpose of them is to basically be a representative and a protector of the community. Okay. You're not going to hide this thing very well. So they're not subterfugal. They're they're as an active member of the community. Are they to protect? Do they have all that construct shit like they don't eat or sleep or breathe or anything? It doesn't specifically say it that I could see, um, but that would be what I would. I mean, it has an immutable form. So usually so anything that, that has an immutable form, that, 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 I kind that's of give construct, it. Construct, yeah. Yeah, it is, but it doesn't specifically say anything about eating or drinking. Um, so we'll get into stats for it. This thing's got a for the peacekeeper has an AC of seventeen. 8d8 plus 32 hit points and a walking speed of 30 feet. So it'll it'll last a handful yeah, of rounds. It'll last a little while. Like I said, CR4. This thing, as far as the stat line goes, the ones to focus on, it's got a very high constitution at plus four on the con and plus three on the strength. Everything else is fairly middling. Um they are intelligent creatures. They've got an int of 14, so they're not stupid. Okay. Um they aren't mindless automatons, they are actually intelligent in and of themselves. Uh, as far as immunities go, they're immune to fire, and they cannot be charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, or poisoned. Hmm. They also have dark vision, up to 60 feet. They speak common and draconic, telepathically, with a range of 30 feet. So, I would read that as they do not communicate verbally, it is purely telepathically, but it doesn't specifically say that, but that's how I would like, Do they even it. have mouths? I mean, they're automatons, right? So the art shows them, it doesn't show a mouth on the art. No, like so. It, it's interesting. It doesn't seem to be. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up right now. Yeah, it it does not specify, but the fact that they did put in telepathy of thirty feet would have me believing that it is exclusively telepathy. I mentioned earlier the immutable form, right? These things they can't be affected by any spell that would alter its form. So no polymorph, no mm-hmm. greater polymorph, right? True polymorph, nothing like that. Yeah. Um, and the main feature, and this will apply to both the Peacekeeper and the Warbler, they have that something called a telepathic bond. So while the Peacekeeper is on the same plane of his existence as its master, it can magically convey what it senses to back to the master, and the two can communicate telepathically with each other. So as long as it's on the plane, there's no range distance, it's just like on the same that. plane, here's what's going on in the town. Okay. And really, this gives you the entire purpose for the creation of these things. They aren't necessarily defenders. They are here just so that the dragon can keep an eye on a community that it likes and to make sure that things are going well. Do you have an idea of how common they are? Like, in a town, how many is there going to be? Are they going around? There would like, be, like, one per town is the sense that I give. There, there's not, like, multiple yeah. going around, like, robot police? Like no, I mean, citizen. maybe if you had a massive city, but I think the idea is that these things, they aren't there to control the city. They're there to monitor the yeah, city they're, they're on not, behalf of the dragon. They're not, they're not robot sentinels, yeah. right? Like, that's not what they're for? No. They are here basically, they want to make sure that everybody's happy and healthy in the town and no, there's no real unrest. It's wild to me that they still have to eat and like clearly you look at them, I'm going to homebrew that away. Yeah. Like they are, they barely have a form. They don't it, have organs. No, it's not in the stack block, but I would. That seems like an oversight. It does. Yeah. I, but no, just don't ever mention it. No. You know, my right, players sure. are never going to Are your players it. really going to care that, 
or pay attention to when they're eating or they're right. eating. Well, like I love the idea of this thing like, like posted up in the tavern with an empty glass in front of it to just make the humanoids feel better. Yeah. Right? And it like, sits there and waits to be approached. Like the uh, bartender in Interstellar, right? Just polishing the glass. Was yeah. it Interstellar? Or was the... Uh, uh, no, no, no. It was a Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt movie. and... Oh, right. uh, Anyways. Which I thought was pretty, pretty terrible, that movie. That, was, <laughs> that, that had a plot that was um, a little rapey. Yeah. Which yeah. one was that, sorry? What was uh, the uh, Passengers. Pass- yeah, That's that what was it was called. I oh, saw, in, this, in space? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with Jennifer Lawrence. Every, everyone saw, else on the ship was frozen. And he, like, unthaws her and gaslights her and shit. Yeah. I went and saw that because I'm like, cool, space movie. And then Miyagi came in down. She's like, you want to go see this for date night? I'm like, this is not a date This night. is not a date night movie. I can't. I Clearly, can't. like, he, it was a very specific choice of which one to thaw as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, this Off one. the menu, I'll I'm going to choose I'll this one. This. I'll do Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get into the actions real quick. Uh, this thing has a multi-attack, two slam attacks, or plus five to hit, doing 3d8 plus three bludgeoning damage. Okay. All right. All right. CR4. CR4, that's, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty standard. It's pretty that's flat. Standard. There's nothing special there. Yeah. The most interesting what ability that it has here, and this really should guide how we want to look at this, has an ability called Calming Mist. Uh, it's a recharge ability on a five or a six, and it releases a calming gas within a 30-foot radius sphere centered on specifically on itself. And you need to make a DC 14 charisma saving throw or be charmed by the peacekeeper for, interestingly, only one minute. Yeah, but like, you're just here to calm everybody Yeah, it's down. just enough to get, like, get I things under it. control. Right? This is, I am immediately going to say that if the barbarian fails us, his rage is gone. Oh, 100%. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the thing here. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that if, I'm going to put this as a, as a bigger, better speaker as yeah. well, like draconic speaker. Like, this guy is going to move with the others. If you, I would have two of these guys standing behind the chosen. Oh, interesting. Or standing behind the blessed, right? To just calm emotions. Because they've got all this charm shit as yeah. well, right? So, like, calm emotions. Everything's fine. Everybody relax. We're all good here. Just yeah. frustrating the party with kindness as well, because that's how they've kind of been created. Yeah. Citizen, you have engaged in an act of violence. And they just can't. <laughs> just no, 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 no. Stop being angry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are in a state of anger. I'm frustrated. <laughs> Do not be frustrated. Frustration is not logical. <laughs> exactly. yeah, do, do, do we treat them like that? I mean, what, what's their alignment? Uh, their alignment is unaligned, I believe. Oh, sorry. My apologies. Neutral good. So, I mean, there is a so, neutrality in yeah. there. But, like, it is good. It is for the sake of good. Like, yeah. like your blood pressure is high. Relax. Yes. <laughs> would, uh, you, would you like an opiate? <laughs> <laughs> I might. <laughs> I like that type of thing. Yeah, I'm... Interestingly, with the alignment, is I would tend to play with that alignment a little bit based on um, which dragon had created them, right? Because they are yeah. specifically tied to a specific metallic dragon. Yeah, but you're going to be... These guys are not going to be there doing the same thing the same way for the copper dragon. No. It's all about practical jokes. And exactly. And shit, yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that one's got, like, he'll shake your hand, but it's a hand buzzer in it. Yeah, exactly. So you get shocked. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's the, uh, the Peacekeeper. Uh, we'll duck real quickly into the Metallic Warbler. As you can imagine from the name Warbler, these resemble songbirds. Uh, they are in the same way created by a Metallic Dragon. Um, and their whole job is to basically keep watch without directly intervening. So that's the big difference between the two. Oh, that, right? the, the, this one's tiny. It's like... Uh, yeah, it's tiny. But it's, it's the size of a small yeah, bird. Yeah, it's here basically just to watch over. I mean, the thing's still made of metal. It's going to glint in the sun. It's going to tra- like attract some attention. Mm. It's not going to remain hidden. It's not covert. But the goal is, 
I mean, it says as clandestine agents, but really how clandestine can you be when you're a metallic bird flying through a city? I don't know, man. You put that up in the ventilation system and it's going to do the mist thing out and everybody just gets real calm and real happy, real. Yeah. Everyone just gets a little bit stuck. What do they call it? People think the conspiracy with the planes. Oh, oh the chemtrails. Chem- 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, stat block is going to be very similar. The main things are just going to be numbers. So, AC here is only 14 and 44 plus 4 hit points. Yeah, okay. That's um, their speed is 40 feet with a fly of 60. So, right, flying construct. Sure. Um, their stats are much lower with... Oh, it's CR1 quarter. It's, a, yeah. it's CR1 quarter, right? So... Dex and Con are its main stats. Interestingly, Charisma as well, instead of uh, Intelligence. These things are charismatic. Um, they have the same immunities, so fire, and then immune from being charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, or poisoned. It's interesting that you can hit them with poison damage, but they can't be But they poisoned. can't be poisoned, yeah. Interesting, okay. Um, they have dark vision up to 60 feet, which is exactly the same, and... The, uh, in this case, they can understand comic and draconic, but they cannot speak. Sure. Abilities are going to have the same immutable form and the te- same telepathic bond. Um, their only attack is a single claw attack, plus four to hit, doing 1d4 plus two damage. Again, zero one quarter. I'm a little disappointed there's nothing in there about them actually warbling. No. Like, there should be some sort of, I'm not going to say thunder attack or anything, but yeah. like... There should be so instead of a calming mist, it is a it is a sonic thing that yeah. anybody that can hear this, just suddenly this calm, like a calming song rather than their a pants or something. Yeah, the, no, it's not yeah, the brown, the brown note. note. <laughs> yeah, it would make sense instead because they do have the same calming mist ability um, as the peacekeeper did. Yeah, it would be interesting. I could easily homebrew this into a calming song rather than a mist. Right, yeah. anything that's within thirty feet and hears the song has to make the save. Sure. It's the exact same ability, you just give it a different flavor. Okay. Is there anything else on these guys? That's about it. There's well, not a lot. Um, they're new in 5th edition, so it's not like there's a lot that we can go back to. I'm into them, though. Yeah, me too. Seven, down to one. Out of an two ones and a ten. Alright, come on, Terry. Let's <laughs> roll it off for not seven. Not too often you get two off. natural ones on these. Seven again. And also seven. seven. We're rolling off. Yeah. Terry, we're just, we're just keep going. We're aligned. We've People. calmed emotions. Six for me, okay, 18 for Adam. All right, so Brad, you're up first. Yeah. Do you have a quest for these metallic sentinels? Um, Or like a plot hook or a I interesting encounter? I like the idea of, for some reason, the telepathic bond has been broken between the two. And it maybe it's a mechanical issue. Maybe it's the fact that this is your sign that the dragon has disappeared off the plane. Mm. Right? Suddenly this metallic peacekeeper cannot... Re- Call home effectively. Why has it not been able to call home? Yeah. Is it is it deactivating? Is it mm-hmm. no longer effective? Or has the dragon died? Has it disappeared to another plane? Why does this thing no longer have... And what does that mean for it? Does it continue to execute its right? last instruction? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How does it continue to operate? So, I also pulled a mini for this guy, and I didn't know what he was. Like, months ago, I pulled this mini out. And he's been sitting in, like hidden in my recording room with all the other minis and I don't want my players to figure out because Dave Dave will go through the minis and see what are we mm-hmm. gonna fight soon, right? Um but I in my world and I don't want to do I can't do spoilers in this because one of them will end up listening. But in my world, uh there's a bunch of portals opening and shit's coming through all the time. Um but they are the they are now in a safe haven in a country that is safe. They're behind 
a, a barrier, and so they're still worried about portals opening, but they're not worried about incursion that's coming. They know there's going to be an army fight coming at the end of the campaign, but for now they're training up. With the portals opening, though, the rules are close every portal that happens, exterminate every Kuatoa and every undead, because Kuatoa are problematic. They will make gods, and we don't need that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also kill everything draconic on sight, except for dragonborns. Hmm. Everything. Drakes, wyverns, smash the dragon aids, uh, eggs. Everything comes through unconscious. So if you find an ancient silver dragon, slit its throat before it wakes up. We cannot do this. And my players are like, that's not right. That's yeah. fucking weird. We don't like that. There's very clearly a reason for that that they've not uncovered yet. That's the spoiler. I'm very excited about it. But that spoiler is going to be revealed when I have this this metallic peacekeeper yeah. come in to the middle of town and say, um, I have hidden a number of dragons around your country. Uh, they are in safe places and they are away from you, but there are too many of us now and we need to make ourselves known. Why are you killing us? Mm -hmm. And it is going to be essentially an emissary for the dragons. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to reveal that there are a number of dragons that are actually there. and. Yeah. and um, so similar so, to the speaker then in that role. Uh, yes, it's going to come in as an emissary, but it's going to calm everybody down because all the citizens are terrified of dragons. A dragon just came through one of the portals and and the players are way too low um, level to deal with it. Yeah. So the entire army raised and went after the dragon and left them behind in town. And they're like, oh shit, you guys aren't fucking around. Yeah. And like the NPCs are not fucking around with this. Yeah. These dragons are a problem. So, um, so I'm really excited to pull out the Metallic uh, Peacekeeper because it's going to be a really cool role-playing opportunity for them. Yeah. Uh, and they're never going to be able to raise arms against it. He's going to relax. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I'm just going to bear mace them in the face with, <laughs> with just the most... I'm going to hotbox the room and let and them calm, all just yeah. calm the fuck down. So Yeah. I love it. I think I'm going to have to lean into, like, the iRobot. Mm. obvious one right there i mean i like the idea of them trying to protect too much and restricting the movements of the people within town i think it'll be an easy thing the players will pick up on that kind of parallel i think it'll be easy to execute i want to make them annoying with like what we were joking about with like their calm emotion stuff and uh, even the warbler that had the the tone yeah i would do it like a creepy like a music box type thing oh, it's okay. supposed yeah. to be the calm thing but they'll associate it with something bad when yeah. they hear that sound you should record yourself whistling that ahead of time and then every once in a while, pull out your phone and play it Just at the table. It. Yeah, I'll do something, even along the lines of, you know, like The Walking Dead, Negan? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they the, just I, have that. I was the, thinking of the Hunger Games actually, because right. they have that whistle as well. But yeah. it's the same kind of idea that that subtly in the background, this is the people that you gotta watch out for. Yeah, right? yeah. And when they hear that, they'll be like, "Okay, we probably got about thirty seconds before he shows up." I gotta say, the, this mist thing, like you controlling people. Are you guys familiar with Firefly? And, yes. Yeah. Okay. And Serenity. Yeah. And, and Miranda. Yeah. Like, come on now. That's the we could we could do that if this gets out of control, right? Very easily. Yeah. Uh, Terry's just like, what the fuck are you talking? I know about? of these things. <laughs> I'm actually gonna I'm gonna hook you up with a thumbstick or or actually I think it's all on Disney Plus. Yeah, it is. It will yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, it's only 14 episodes in a movie. Okay. And it is one of the highest quality storytelling that you're okay. going to get into. It's the one everybody always talks about. That yeah. They, they and, never got as much as they wanted. But yeah, yeah, and you can plow through it in a weekend if you're determined. 
Right. You can learn how reavers clean their spears. <laughs> but the... Um, I don't want to say anything more because it really is a fun journey to go it on. It really is. Uh, it's science, science fiction, but there's no aliens. So it's just people in space. Okay. So, um, but it's fun. I think you'll like it. It's also kind of your sense of humor. Um, role playing, Brad, for these guys. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but it, like. It is. Um, but that said, I mean, these things present as automatons, robotic, fairly. I mean, they're, but they're not lawful. No, right. I, I, I they're almost, neutral. I, I don't want to give it a robotic voice, though. I want That's it to sound exactly, like Alexa, right? right? Yes, right. It want it. Yeah, the, the whole thing me, is it needs to be calming, the, and there's nothing calming about a robotic voice. The neutral for me means no preference. Yes. in this case, though. Yeah. So yeah. I, I almost want to pre-record Siri saying a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Siri, say this, yeah. and then Siri's going to say it. I pre-record it and then play it mid-session, right? Yeah, but, sure. I would take yeah. some of those things that Siri and Alexa say, and I would use them as like the things that it says. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, I'm having trouble with that one. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Right. Fuck. You gotta say it three times. <laughs> yeah. The NPC. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I think give them at least a little bit of personality. I mean, the gut with these is to just go pure robotic, right? Pure automaton. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say anything about that in the rules. I, I've got a construct in my game right now, which is a. Essentially a, a war forge. Yeah. Um, but he was created, he was built literally yesterday mm. when the players found him, but he's also a war machine. And his name is Gladian, but he has the mind of a child. And so he's, the, like, his weapon and shield are fused to his hands, and so he cannot, like, do anything for himself. If you need to pass him something, someone else has to hold it up to him. Right, right. But, right. but he just wanders in and with a, a childlike voice, says, what's this? Why are we doing this? And he's an eight foot tall, like yeah. three foot wide, like war machine. Yeah. Right. And and so they have loved this guy, but they've also lost control of him. They've given him to NPCs and like really hoping those NPCs don't turn out to be evil. Yeah. This is going to go poorly. But I love the idea of that juxtaposition of mm -hmm. the literally born yesterday, that, that robotic sense of, yeah. of wonder or interest and with like a... An unassuming voice or personality yeah. given to them, right? Right. I, yeah. I think a lot of the role playing opportunity here too is going to be with the town, with the people who have interacted, because there are going to be people who knew the dragon when the dragon was around. The whole reason the dragon left this thing behind was to keep an eye on the town. So this is. Are you going to make this thing data? Like, does it wear like clothes? Yes. Uh, uh, no, no, probably not. I think it's just going to exist in its form, but it is going to be a portion of the town that everybody knows this thing. They know why it's here. They know who it is. But but I feel like as it walks down the road, every, everyone's sitting there going like, hi there, Peacekeeper. How oh, you absolutely. doing today? And he like, and he like waves very robotically yeah. and then in a very calm voice says, top of the morning. Yes. And then keeps moving forward. But like, absolutely. It starts wearing a shirt just because other people wear wearing shirts. <laughs> I would go, I would give it female voice every time, like yeah. we do with Siri and Alexa, because it suggests yeah. compassion. And the reason is people are nicer to the machines when they yes. have female voices. I would do that, but I would lean into the fact that, like we said, there's no facial expression. Yeah, the moment you there's, say, What are you doing, Dave? Like, yeah, that's and, the wrong voice. And I would that. Yeah. always have a delay on the response, just like when yeah. Alexa's loading. So, but because they can't tell, they're like, is this thing going to kill us any second? And then there's like the five second pause, then it just goes, uh-huh. And then just moves <laughs> on. Like, it's like, we didn't die this time. Yeah. So one time the eyes will turn red or something. Interesting. <laughs> and then that's, what that's does it. that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Um, 
Let me allow me to relay this back to so so the great. I'm sending a telepathic message. I'm not sure with like the warbler definitely has for exploration and clues. Yes, it definitely has the the song. song. Yeah, but is there anything else about this? Are you, I maybe make the mist smell like lavender or something yeah, calming. Or, yeah, but like, is there anything else? Or, that, like, they make themselves known. Or right? as you're walking, yeah. The other thing would be if you're trying to tra- track it down. Maybe as you walk by, you notice just no signs of conflict. Mm-hmm. Or maybe off in the distance you'll hear a conflict, then suddenly everything goes quiet. <laughs> right? And you know, oh, he must be over that way because there's a fight that was just broken up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have anything for exploration on this one. No. It seems pretty straightforward. They want to be seen and heard. Yeah. Right? So I'm They're not, representatives. You're not tracking these guys. You know where they are. Yeah. Right? Do you have anything, Terry, on these? No. They're yeah. going to reveal themselves, so you don't need to build up to it. And again, I feel the same way about combat. Psst, yeah, mist. it's mist. Right, and then if they shake off the mist, all right, slam. Like, yeah. there's nothing else to it, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the Warbler will retreat. Yes, the Warbler will use its flight and hide somewhere. That's I'm gonna. I'm definitely going to go iRobot, and I'm going to... What I'm actually going to do is announce the decision that it's taken in the combat... Based on how it's it's going, yeah, so why if the is barbarian it? is continuing to rage, that it will say out loud like, "You have become angry and unstable. I must take lethal action against you now." And <laughs> then just continue to follow yeah. the barbarian only. You are com- you are out of control, dispersing chemical agent. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I like the idea too of these guys probably keep manacles on them, mm. just to like when they calm you down. Yeah. Please come forward and raise your wrists. Yeah, click. Yeah. click. In one minute, we will resume conversing, right? And then, yeah. <laughs> let's just breathe. And then you hear the sound of a canned, like, speaker voice going, <sighs> <laughs> right? I actually like the concept of embedding these guys with the local militia, right? They're, yeah. They're, like, peacekeeping agents within, depending on the nature of the town, of course, right? Oh, that's insidious. That's You put that with your evil dragon, with your with your Tiamat yeah. army, right? And so you're in the Tiamat lands, and they walk around. When you cross, um, you know, the team at troops, they put you to death. They're not fucking around, right? Yeah. But when this guy walks in, like, he, he's going to kick that door open and the uh, the rebellion, the meeting that's happening there, everybody suddenly stops fighting, calms right down, and three or four men then walk in afterwards yeah. with rags over their mouths and puts everyone in manacles and slowly marches them off towards the, their own execution, yeah. right? That is so devious. Yeah. I mean, that's a chromatic sentinel, not yeah. a metallic one, but... It could uh, be used for that. Yeah. yeah, that's scary. I like that. Terry, what do you got for us? Oh, we're going to talk about half dragons. This one made me laugh, including in the dragon follower, because it does follow the dragon, but, like, in the timeline, not necessarily, yeah. <laughs> like, directly. Like, first there's dragon... Then there's half dragon. Yeah, let's talk about the differences first between dragonborn and half dragon. I think this is where a lot of confusion uh, comes up. So first of all, half dragons. The big one is half dragons have a tail, and dragonborn do not. There's also is sorry, that the right way around. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. also a certain amount of. Um, there's a third level of it now from Dragonlands. Right. There's draconians. We'll deal with all that shit in the future, but for now, let's just focus. Let's on do this. half yeah. dragons, yeah. And so, a half dragon is a cross between a dragon and another unrelated creature. Most of the time, it's probably going to be humans. I think it gets it. It gets even. It gets more complex to even do it with like an elf because of the whole history there. You know, I think it's humans that have a shorter life anyway. It's more likely to happen there. When comparing the difference to a dragonborn, so dragonborn come from live birth. Half dragons, I think, depends on which parent is the dragon. 
Yeah. Right? Is whether yeah. it's going to be live well, birth or well, eggs. Well, a human woman is not going to give birth but to a, a, a dragon. Do you know how big a, a dragon, dragon egg, egg is? Yeah. Right. F- fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, no. Just no. Like two bowling balls probably stacked, I think. Yeah, it's probably, it's pretty big. Pretty big. Um, so, and the, the and with the half dragons, when comparison to the dragonborn, so dragonborn, they will not necessarily take on the features of the dragon that they're in alignment with, with color, but they will tend to have tendrils that they'll use as hair. Whereas like a half dragon, the, you know how white dragons look different to red dragons, yeah. their facial features will match that. Mm-hmm. Sure. What okay. is typical of, of their dragons. So... For their abilities then, so I won't go into the stat blocks, there's a few different stat blocks, but a half dragon uh, has the ability to use its breath weapon of its dragon half, though not as potent as the full dragon would be. A half dragon has dark vision. Did you know that? Because dragonborn do not. They do in my campaign. (laughs) (laughs) I've homebrewed it. Like, I have two dragonborn players, I just said, you could just get dark vision. Yeah, there's no damn reason why not. The breath weapon is underwhelming enough that you're not going to imbalance it. Sure, yeah. And I believe half dragons are immune to uh, sleep or paralysis uh, effects as well. They will typically be quite loyal to their dragon parent. There's, um, it's not a spoiler to mention it, but there is a half black dragon, female half black dragon called uh, Resmir. In, uh, in Tyranny of Dragons, she's one of the leaders. She's the black... I want to say she's on the speaker. title page inside. I too. think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have seen Resmir, no doubt. She's great. She's been a big part of my campaign. But, uh, yeah, so they'll typically be loyal to their to their dragon parent. Um, but other than that, there's not really too much to go through them other than just point out how they're different to Dragonborn. Uh, they have a tail. They have the breath weapons. They have dark vision. Uh and they're they're probably not dragonborn are not typically too accepted within some societies anyway, but half dragons certainly not. Yeah. Because their their allegiance is going to be to the dragon side of yeah. most of the time. They're not even going to be accepted by humanoids anyway. So that really is about it for half dragons. There's not there's not even too much to mention like about them. I remember yeah. looking at the lore and seeing like, oh, they dragons can mate with anything, and I'm like, fuck, oh. why would it? Why would it mate yeah. with a dire wolf? Yeah. Like they, I remember seeing those old edition charts. Have yeah. you seen that? The, like, like physically they can. Yeah, would they, they won't. Yeah. Right? right, like no dragon is like, oh shit, I'm super horny. Need to get my rocks off in an owl bear. Yeah, no one no. is doing that shit. Right, like <laughs> the, the dragons have such egos to them. Yeah, that they're not even doing that with the average humanoid. Right, yeah. you have to be a spectacular humanoid of, right? of note. Yeah, yeah. So, so like. Uh, but I do love the idea that you could you could combine this stat block, this template that we were yeah. about to, to break down, with like a mind flare. Some mind flares would be spectacular, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so it's important to know their existence and, and how they're different, but it's not like there's deep lore or anything with them. That's that is essentially yeah. yeah. Oh. One with a gif. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Depending on the dragon, because there'll be some out. Yeah. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I'm just thinking with um I bet that there's no lore for them except very specific lore. This half dragon 300 years ago at this battle did this. Yeah. This half dragon led this army or was the lead scholar of or the whatever. Like they will be noteworthy in history books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's no half dragon culture, right? No. That's right. That's right. They do come up a few times in Tyranny of Dragons. There's a blue half dragon called uh, Sinrath right at the beginning. Um, and There's a lot of them littered throughout. Almost every book has a half dragon somewhere in it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Which but means, I mean, them dragons be fucking. They do, clearly. Do we spend enough time like talking about the the other half of the parentage? 
It does feel like we focus that on the dragon, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's like... I think it mentions specifically the loyalty is to the dragon parent. And you mentioned, Terry, that right, they're going to be pushed out of their society, right? They're not really going to be well accepted. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the hidden child, even if they are in town. They're probably being kept hidden yeah. indoors. Yeah. Do you think they would be accepted by their dragon parent? Probably. Well, I mean, the dragon know what's going to happen if they impregnate another creature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially if the dragon, if it's a female dragon laying the egg, then I think yes. Right. Do you, if you want an NPC that your players can really empathize with and like take under their wing, this is what you throw at them. Mm-hmm. Although they they tend to be slapped on. I mean, the stat block that we're given is a veteran stat block, yep. but they tend to be slapped on pretty high powered NPCs. Yeah. So they tend to be like generals and leaders and mm-hmm. stuff. Because they've got that draconic nature to them as well, yeah. that they're not going to sit back and just be like, can someone tell me what to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm painting today. Like, that's not a half dragon. And they would yeah. lead in the manner of their dragon parent as well. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, like, I know that we're all equal here, but I have the ability to blow lightning out of my nostrils. What can you do? <laughs> right? No? Okay. No, so... My opinion is, <laughs> right, like, I just feel like it's that insufferable friend you had in high school that just knows they're better than everyone else. They're not. They just know it so deeply in their soul. Yeah. So, um, I, do you, is there anything else on these guys that you have? That, I, honestly, no. Like, yeah. I looked a lot, and it was, it was a lot of repetition. You get the same information from a lot of different sources. And honestly, it's easy enough to slap this, the template itself... You can adapt it for gem dragons, deep dragons, yep. solar dragons. Like, it's pretty standard. If you're using a half dragon, you're doing it for some sort of fla- story flavor anyways, mm-hmm. right? There's a purpose that you're making a yeah. half dragon. All right, let's roll dice. I had a 20 down to a 14. That's okay. You're, you're still, still going, going first. first. Brad's going last. Okay, so quest idea for half dragons. Yeah, so they'll have the same ambitions, or I like to do them as having the same ambitions the same type of thinking as their dragon parent but they're going to go through the world with much more struggle than you know if you have a, like a half black dragon like resmir is she's not going to navigate the world as easily as whatever their black dragon parent is so i feel that there's an opportunity to uh, to ally with them sometimes or at least to help them they may still want something with you so half dragon is an interesting ally to try and uh, have. Like enemy of my enemy is my friend, mm-hmm. and uh, I did that as well, and it worked out very well. I've got uh, a half dragon in my campaign. Here we go. We're gonna throw back. So my uh, my player Jamie had a character named Bor. Bor like could get his fuck on, um, but I actually thought that that was awkward in the campaign, so I tried to stop that. Especially after he treated that poor girl in Morton Canaan's magnificent mansion. There was that that NPC girl that, like, you had servants in there, and he seduced her and was just, like, rude and shit. I don't think Aww. he seduced her. I think he, he just chose that they were going to, like, it was... I don't so... remember there being consent with <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, he was problematic. So when I took over DM and we finished Curse of Strata, I took over, and I'm like, oh, we're going to be on the road with a bunch of NPCs. I know what Jamie's up to. So I, I, I really, sl- like, slowed that shit down and made him have to earn a real relationship to the point where he was picking flowers and not writing poetry, but telling stories of great legend that yeah. his barbarian knew. Like he, I watched Jamie try to date as a barbarian yeah. and, and it was, it was fucking hilarious. 
But he, to his credit, he did a great job. It took him months yep. to finally get this woman to fall in love with him. And I got to role play falling in love with Jamie too, which was super fun and awkward. We worked together, so I would have lunch with him and we yep. would go over like, so you said we had a date night. What like happened on it? And I'm like, well, <laughs> what kind of date are you talking about? Is this like food? Well, are you going to just be sitting around the big campfire with everybody else? You're going to go make another smaller campfire over there for just the two of you. Oh, I think I'd do a smaller camp. And like I was really That's leading awesome. them through it. So it was it was a load of fun. But the point of this whole story is that um the girl that he was um uh, seducing, her name was Kyla, and that was actually short for Skylanantar, uh, who was a dragon. She was a brass dragon. And uh she ended up disappearing near the end of the campaign, only to reappear reappear later, uh saying, I am pregnant. Um we are going to have a half dragon. And then shortly thereafter, she gave birth because I just accelerated the the uh, pregnancy on that one through time kerfuckery, and uh, and then she was actually murdered in front of Jamie's character, and then he got Oof. turned to stone and disappeared. And so there was this dragon egg, this half dragon egg, just sitting there. It is now hatched. My world has progressed many many years, and this half dragon is in the world, and my players haven't found him yet, but like he is very much there. He has actually. Is dating your character's daughter, Terry. Um, Kara? Yeah. So Kara and uh, his name is Gats. And the two of them have this relationship, but they are going to be um, the royal family of this this city that you guys founded. So he's a half dragon. Bronze, was he? Bronze? Brass. Brass half dragon? Yeah. She's a half orc? Yeah. Right? Okay. So... Um, and so they are, but he is off right now looking to find his father. My father disappeared, and he mm. is desperate to find where, where Jamie's character went. Because he was turned to stone, kicked down a, a ravine, never to be found again. So they went looking for him where he should be, and he isn't there. Not there. So um, anyway, so I have this half-dragon who is questing, where is my non-draconic right. parent, right? Yeah. So I figure if you're, my quest idea to circle all the way back is, if you're going to have a half-dragon... You have to give it mommy issues or daddy issues. Yep. They have Absolutely. to have f- fucking familial issues of some sort. They're problems. Yeah. What do you got, Brad? I'm going to go with the other half being a right uh, human mother. And there are rumors of this, just this noise that's coming from this house. Right? And the players need to go investigate what is the source of this sound that is, it's unnatural, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the cry of a half dragon, which is not going to sound human. It's going to oh, sound yeah, that's a bestial, good point. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What is the sound? Come up with it. But the party needs to go investigate, and upon finding a half dragon, which... There were, there were like three people listening that just had really bad PTSD flashbacks to Eraserhead. Oh, never saw it, so... Oh, and you probably don't want to. No, I don't it's think not I your, do. It's not your kind of movie. No, it doesn't sound like it, but... What I would do with that from there is now the party has a moral dilemma when they mm-hmm. finally do find it, right? The culture of the area is going to be this thing is an abomination and it must be dealt with. And do you bring it into the authorities? Do you report back what you found? Do you foster this thing? Do you get the mom and the child out of town? Where do you take them, right? There's there's I, an entire arc here. I don't think I would do it with a human, although that is going to humanize it for the yeah. players, right? But uh, there's a Duragar who's in love with a steel dragon in one of the campaigns. Okay. Um, well, sounds about right. Yeah. And this is the only indication of a steel dragon that we have in 5th edition. Yeah. And it just says use one of the other stat blocks, right? But, right. like, there's a Duragar with a steel dragon underground. Sure. And, like, super evil and shit. But they're, like, 
madly in love. So yeah. So like that, I, I'm not. I would want to make it more fantasy than just with a human. Sure. In Dragonlance, yeah, it's with a human. In the Forgotten Realms, it's with a Goliath. It or can be a, anything. A fucking heron gone, right? Like, yeah. what would a dragon bunny look like? <laughs> I bet Pets has the answer. Um, Terry, Somewhere in her basement. Terry, role playing. Yeah. Uh, you you got to lean into the daddy issues, mommy yeah. issues, whatever yeah. the parental thing. They're constantly trying to prove themselves, which yeah. means that they yeah. may overreach on some things. Uh, or they have proven themselves that they're later in life, right? Yep. Right. Because they are in leadership positions a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But if they're not yet, they're trying to be. So. Yeah. Um, companion, excuse me, companionship is probably going to be a problem. I think it's something that uh, most humanoids would typically look for. It's going to be an issue for you. You're going to probably going to feel rejected all the time, everywhere you go. Yeah, it's just that one cobalt that keeps hitting on you over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> or the one other half dragon that you meet that you don't actually like. Yeah, either. Oh, no, it's the three cobalts in a trench coat. <laughs> Uh, so uh, they would be difficult to deal with. I think you know. I think that from that you'll probably get s- they'll be selfish. Maybe actually, maybe more bitter. They would have resentment to the world. Yeah. Even if they're not like that negative, I'm gonna make them stubborn. Like even if they are a, a bronze half dragon who is one of the generals of the army, he knows the right way to do this. Your ideas make sense, sure, but mine is the correct right right way based on the history books and these are the tactics. I am the best at this. And I'm going to have that level of, of ego. Either they are trying to get to the point where they are in power, or they have earned their power mm-hmm. from being an outsider, right? That comes with baggage. Yeah. You're going to have... Remember when Daenerys just started to, like, decree shit out of nowhere and wouldn't listen? Yeah. And we had to put up with that for four fucking seasons? Yeah. Like, that's what a half-dragon is, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Arrogant parent issues. I think we've kind of covered it. Those are the... Those are the points you lean in on, I, and then sprinkle your flavor on top. I sprinkled in some sibling issues yep. in my campaign as well, because there were half-siblings who were full dragons as oh, well. Okay. So well, yeah. I mean, yeah, there would be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and then over the corners, my half-brother, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one human that shows up at the family reunion. So, um, exploration and clues? There's not a whole lot. I mean, they're just humanoids, right? Like, yeah. They're just humanoids. You know, but, it's not going to be a trail going into town. No, but my clues are going to be like, follow the family tree, learn about this. Yeah. I might give them polymorph to blend in. Yeah. Right? Or disguise self or, or magic to do that. So you have to figure out who is a dragonborn. Eh, I'm looking at the libraries. I'm looking at the town sure. records and that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But like... I mean, there's no reason you can't take a half, half dragon, make them into some sort of rogue or some sort of criminal underground agent or a spy or... Something like that. Now you're having to follow the tracks yeah. specifically, right? All these f- footprints are mm-hmm. quite a bit larger than normal, yeah. right? There's little things like that that you could. And again, combat is just another humanoid. Yeah. Right. Well, it's the stat block plus, right? It's yeah. I I, I will say this. I think that um, they are not going to retreat easily. No. Nope. And I, and I think they'll just throw numbers at it. As well, I don't think they'll have any particular loyalty to the humanoids that they're working with. It's going to be like a Stalin approach, I think. Like quantity's got a quality all of it, all of its own. They're just going to keep throwing waves after wave at you because they don't care about the people. Unless they're bronze, silver, or gold. Right. Yeah. I just have chromatic in mind, but that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, any final thoughts? Just good. Okay. Before we wrap this episode up, I want to cut to another ad break. 
If you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode, please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideas with us and the rest of the community. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram or on our subreddit at r slash it's a mimic. Also, if you're feeling particularly generous, please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews, likes, and comments. Engagement like that helps us pop up on search engines and keep this show running. Okay, now I'm going to try to be really quick about this, but there are other kinds of followers that are not humanoids. Um, and so I'm going to try to push through this pretty quickly. First one I want to mention is uh, egg hunters. This is out of Fizzbands. These are monstrosities that are parasites that the book says look like salamanders, but the art clearly makes them look like maggots. If maggots had the size of a candy bar and had six legs. They also have like this big <laughs> back abdomen or like tail section behind mm -hmm. their legs. Um, they find dragon eggs, they break into them, they eat the contents within, and then they fill the egg with 1d6 eggs that hatch 1d6 days later. The hatchlings stay inside the egg uh, and continue to eat whatever's left, and then they burst out 1d4 days after they hatch. Then they go about eating all of the other eggs that they can find, and they become adults in about 20 days. This is some real alien yeah. level shit, right? So the idea is that by the time that you find these things that exist... They've probably eaten all of them and they've multiplied into great numbers. Yeah, so the adults infiltrate dragon lairs. We actually get two stat blocks, adults and hatchlings. The adults infiltrate dragon lairs, find the nest of eggs, and inflate their tails to become the size, shape, and texture of a dragon egg. Adults are CR5, hatchlings are CR2, and remember there's 1D6 hatchlings and usually yeah. an adult around. Adults can climb and so can hatchlings, but hatchlings can also burrow, and I think that's just because they got to bust out yeah, eggs yeah. and shit. Yeah. Both adults and hatchlings are immune to being frightened, and egg hunter adults are immune to poison. Okay. That'll make sense in a minute. They don't speak languages because they have an intelligence of one. These things are monstrosities, but they're clearly like as, as bestial. Yeah. Um, they're amphibious, and hatchlings can use a bonus action to dash or disengage. Meaning that they'll probably try to escape the moment they think they're going to lose a fight. Makes sense. Hatchlings also have multi-attack uh, with their egg tooth that does 2d6 plus 3 piercing damage to creatures or 4d6 plus 3 to objects. So they're meant to okay. bust through yeah. shit. Adults have false appearance to do that egg mimicry thing. Um, interestingly, dragons have disadvantage on checks to perceive this. That annoys the shit out of me because dragons should always know what's going on in their lair. Mm -hmm. but, these, but these things, have, in they, order to survive, they would have to have mastered to, yeah. the... Um, they've got multi-attack as adults with the barbed uh, proboscis, which does 1d6 plus 5 piercing and 2d8 necrotic. And the egg hunter deals an, um, or heals an amount equal to the necrotic damage they just dealt, so up to 2d8. They also have a thing called torpor spores, which recharge on a 5 or 6 which releases sparkling blue spores in a 30-foot radius, um, and it poisons creatures that don't succeed on a constitution save. If you're poisoned, you can only take actions or bonus actions, and you can't take reactions for one minute. Uh, you do get to repeat the save at the end of your turn. This just means, again, they're going to try to escape. Mm, yeah. As a reaction, so once per round, adults can also give themselves resistance to the damage that they would take from an attack. Oh, wow. So if the dragon's going to hit them with the dragon breath, they could just be like, resistance, and then f keep fucking off, right? Yeah. So these things are meant to survive and breed and survive and yeah. breed. So that's a... Uh, parasite. 
in a sense. Yeah, I don't need to roll for this one, but like, no. how do you guys feel about these things? I love them because I'm going to put them. The the party won't be expecting them in the dragon eggs yeah. when they get there. Yeah, yeah. I let your party carry off a dragon egg, thinking they got away with something, and oh, look what's inside. Or even, you know, if they know... It's a good way to piss off your players who really want that pet dragon that they think they can get. Uh, It's going to burst out in the back of the wagon while they're traveling. Or in the middle of the night when everybody else is asleep and there's one person. No, not disappear. They attack the guy on watch. watch. Yeah. Yeah. Six of these little hatchlings come out. All right. Well, so that's all for our discussion on dragon followers. Make sure that you subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we have for you in the future. Thank you for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, a store with some It's a Mimic merch and a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits. And don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations. So, again, there's more things that follow dragons around. But now let's talk really quickly about the lair besides the things that, like, prey on the dragons themselves. We've got a couple of other options here. One of them is that we get Horde Mimics. This is in Fizzbands again. It's a CR8 Mimic uh, that's huge sized. It yep. does all the regular Mimic nonsense, um, except it can speak common, draconic, and it has telepathy about 220 feet. Hmm. It has multi-attack with its bite and two pseudopod attacks, and they're more, uh, they do more damage than normal Mimic attacks. But it also has Caustic Mist. In a 30-foot radius... You will have to roll a DC 14 deck save, and if you fail, you take 68 acid damage and are blinded until the next turn. Oh. If you succeed, you take half the damage. All right. These things look like a pile of gold. Yeah. They're in and among the horde. I love it, though. And and it's like, if you go to pick up a single coin out of it, yeah. no, it's attached to this massive horde. The whole it. thing, yeah. Remember, don't touch the forbidden treasure, and they right. will. Yeah, 100% yeah. will. Um, so there's those, and then we get Horde Scarabs. Now, the first one preyed on dragons, which was the egg hatchers. The second one is the Horde Mimic that preys on adventurers. This one actually supports dragons. These CR 1 8th monstrosities seemingly have a mutually beneficial relationship with dragons because they eat tiny mites that dragons are sometimes infested with, and they can blend into piles of gold coins. They can burrow and fly, they have tremor sense, and they get false appearance that lets it look merely like a small golden sculpture of a scarab. They have a bite that is pretty underwhelming, but if you uh, take damage from it, it means that you have disadvantage on attacks till the start of your next turn. Ooh. So, uh, it, it, but it's till the start of your next turn? Yeah. Oh, So yeah. this is just going to help you get away from your opportunity attacks, yeah, right? Right, so, okay, okay. Um, it also has a bonus action that it can use once a day, but keep in mind it should always be more than one. It's CR 1-8. Yeah, so, I was going um, And it's a bonus action once a day that releases glittery dust from its wings in a five-foot radius. If you fail the DC 13 deck save against it, you get outlined in blue light for 10 minutes. That means for 10 minutes, you shed 10 feet of dim light 
and there is no save if you fail the first one. You can't just shake this off. That means um, that when you're glowing with dim light, you don't get bonuses from being invisible. But more importantly, every dragon, every dragon within one mile knows exactly where you are and can unerringly track you. Wow. And that, and that's not just like a blue dragon and a red dragon. Dragon type. Yeah. So there are drakes, there are wyverns, like everything knows. Hmm. Um, dragon elves too, like everything knows. Uh, the stat block calls out to spell magic specifically as being able to end the effect, so I'd assume higher magics would as well as on yeah. kind of the same theme, but not lesser magics. So prestidigitation might get rid of that dust, but it's not getting not rid of the effects. Yeah. And then, beyond that, at CR2, there's a swarm of them. And it's essentially just, it does the swarm thing. More sure. hit points, yeah. standard swarm resistances and immunities, more damage from bites, and it can That's just to make it easy for, it's to make it easy for the DM so you don't have to run eight different stat blocks. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it can get into the space of a, of a hostile creature. Yeah. Um, everything else is the same as a single horde scarab. So between mimics and scarabs and egg hunters, we've kind of fleshed out a little bit more of the um, ecology that's in these layers. Yeah. It's environmental. Yeah. yeah, how do you guys feel about this? I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's there's so much more to play with now. And well, you yeah. you were talking about oh yeah they had to sink the ship. I'm like put a horde mimic in it, Terry. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Up that's so <laughs> because I've obviously been researching dragon things, it comes up often in my life. Uh, I'm getting ready to use horde mimics. Yeah? yeah, yeah, that's awesome. How do you guys feel about the scarabs? I love them. Yeah, they, especially when you get like a trap. They do. Right? When your players go in and you, the rogue is just going in to get that one thing from the horde, mm-hmm. right? Your low level party doesn't want to fight the dragon. They know they can't take it, but they need to get the MacGuffin out of there. And as they're coming out, oh shit, didn't see a scarab. Yeah. Boof. And the fact that the scarabs, they've got false appearance, so they're hard to be able to yeah. determine whether or not. You see it there. Yeah, you'll see it. But is it... just it, looks like a piece of treasure. I'm going to put everything in here also looking like gold scarabs, right? Yeah. And, like, some of it might just be sculptures, right? Yeah. yeah. But I'm also going to put stuff in there, like, little statuettes and things as well. And whatever it is, like, if it's a little um, dog, right, yeah. it will then breathe at you this mist, right? Sure. So they'll all do the same thing. Yeah. But I'm going to just trap the, like, Yeah, the shape you can be touch. anything. Yeah. And it doesn't... It could just be a... Like a perfume bottle, and they like yeah. they they press the the diffuser on it. And the, now they're covered in glitter, and they're covered in this glittery dust, <laughs> right? Like everything in here. If if you're an intelligent dragon with a bunch of different hordes, I mean it's only a mile, but yeah. like if you're an intelligent dragon, you you booby trap this yeah. shit, right? Yeah, I might put one in a chest or something so it looks like treasure. Yeah, but it's just one that got in there. Oh fuck! I'm gonna give it to a kobold to throw at the players. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, like that's. That is absolutely, they're going to pop out of a hatch and be like, ah, and throw a bunch of scarabs on the ground and then disappear again. The person's going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then the scarabs are going to start moving, right? Yeah. So. Love it. Normally, this is the part where we have bloopers and a bit of a post-credit discussion, but what I'd rather do now is tell you guys that our YouTube channel is up and running again. We took kind of a six-week hiatus because the videos take a long time to render and that big October push at the end there, we were gearing up for a very, very busy month and YouTube kind of slacked off a little bit. Also, Instagram was up and running and I started to reply to the messages that have been sitting in that inbox for a little while. So thanks to everyone who has uh, been patient with uh, either of those platforms. They're up and running and, uh, and up to date again.
Why are you still here? Leave already.